We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe, and he's not here. It's one of our scary times, so we, he's not here this week. Uh, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we actually have these special bonus episodes where there's one of our fun commentary tracks or something that we different. And this is one of our fun commentary tracks. It is our first commentary track of 2022. That's fun to say. Um, and yeah, we are we are here on the precipice of a new Scream feature. And so in honor of that, we are talking, of course, about the first Scream from 1996 from director Wes Craven and writer Kevin Williamson. And joining me to discuss and commentate, is that a word? On Scream, we have from Wise the Blue and host of the Brandon Peters show, he'll settle for PG-13, it's Brandon Peters. A year ago, January, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. This year, <laughs> Stu. <laughs> also joining us from the Milky Way Blues, he goes there. He starts to sound like some Wes Carpenter flick or something. It's Yancey Burns. Hey, that was a year ago that we did Hannibal. Yes, mm-hmm. since we did our Hannibal marathon. <laughs> See how I managed to turn the reputation of the movie all around in just a year. Now it's a cult classic. That's that's what we call it. And lastly, joining us from Forbes. If they read his box office post, they'd save time because there's a formula to it. A very simple formula. It's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Don't give away my secret. Uh, Sansa Labs, by the way, which is the answer to the question, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> well, there you go. How are the three of you doing this evening? I am doing very well at the moment. Good. Good. I, too much I am, uh, in terms of who done it, it could be me. It could be me because I have a I have a cell phone, so it could be me. <laughs> I also have a cellular telephone. I'm Ooh, wearing generic brown shoes or black shoes. So. <laughs> two it's two of us. Yeah, but I mean that doesn't whittle anything down, Aaron. Cell you're, phone. You're, you're, yeah, cellular phone. Fortunately, cellular. My, my pockets are solid, so phones aren't going to be randomly falling out of them at inconvenient mm. time. So I'm good. <laughs> uh, guys, we're going to talk about Scream. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can feel it already. I'm excited to talk about this film. I'm sure you are as well. But what we're doing here for those that are uninitiated is we're going to commentate on the film screen. I said it again. Uh, what we're, we have planned here, we have, this, we have the film screen currently paused about five seconds in. It's where the dimension logo on the film is forming. So if you plan to watch along with us, feel free to set your, your, your film up to that point. And on the sound of go, we're all going to press play and just start talking. And you can follow along and listen to us. Um, if you're just listening to listen, you are good. You can scream away, but don't do it too loudly because you want to be able to hear us and you can continue your workout or whatever you're doing on your your, your device that's allowing you to listen to this uh, this fabulous uh, amount of uh, discussion that we're about to have. I will also say we're going to have a great commentary. This is going to be wonderful. This is going to be excellent. People are going to learn a lot. The Wes, the Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson commentary that's also on the film is great, too. I All very the much Wes suggest, Cravens are great. I, uh, I yeah. got to say that. He's, yeah, he's yeah. a great I mean, he, he's a lecturer, right? He was a lecturer. Yeah. He was a professor, so he knows what he's doing. But that, those are very much worthwhile. And they actually made the movie. So who knows? <laughs> we'll see which one's better. But that's a good commentary I recommend for sure. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get started on this. You guys ready? Yes, I assume we'll be allowed to talk about spoilers for the first four movies. Yes, uh, that's okay. actually that. You know what? That's a good thing to point out. We, uh, we let's say that now. We at this time of this recording, we have not seen the fifth scream yet, uh, but we have seen the other four screams. Sydney and, did it. And given the nature of the, those films, but just be aware that we will probably talk openly about them. So if you haven't seen them and you for some reason need to preserve the surprise of what happens in those films, just keep that in mind uh, if you plan to listen to this commentary. Okay, we're gonna spoil the crap out of Scream Three. Yeah, and uh, probably I know what you did last summer, because why not? (laughs) 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 All right, here we go. Here we go. Three, two, 
one, go. Okay. Scream. This um, movie doesn't waste a second getting to the point. It doesn't. And I always forget that mm-hmm. the title comes up before the whole Drew Barrymore scene. I, for right. some reason, it's in my mind that, that scene, this scene happens and then the title happens. It's Scream 2 that changes it up. That makes sense. Yeah. Good font, too. I like the Scream font. Then they like mm-hmm. try to make it all fancy on the posters and stuff. It's like, why? This font's cool. But whatever. Well, it started out. I mean, th- this film had like a victory lap run in theaters where they remar- rebranded it. Uh, later on and then it got that sharp logo and the mm-hmm. floating heads poster and everything like that but um i believe that one was the, the title screen was what it looked like in the original marketing i want to i want to get to what we usually do which is talk about when we first saw this movie but because this sequence is so excellent i feel like we should actually talk about the movie yes. for a while before we get to it mm-hmm. uh, i will say right now and because i'll get back to this later i have issues with this movie's direction and its look but it's not during this segment. I think this segment, which is not a controversial thing to say, is one of the best things Wes Craven's ever directed. It's kind of a masterpiece of like a short film, essentially, just this whole opening segment here. Is it is it Wes Craven or is it Wes Craven plus Patrick Lossier? Because Patrick Lossier, Wes Craven was going to be fired from this film and Lossier cut this together and because the Weinsteins did not like the dailies, they cut this together and they change their mind and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised honestly like there's certainly there's certain it's not like Wes Craven's new with this but like yeah. but again I do have issues with other parts of this film based off just how it looks and whatnot mm-hmm. and it's not surprising to me that there's a new cinematographer for Scream 2 which I think is a very much better looking movie mm-hmm. um, yeah. but, well, Scream 2 I think is his best directed movie of all time yeah it's a really um, good well directed film because <laughs> he he tends to I mean and the Scream series are very different from for what Craven does because he is very He's a terrific horror director. He's got great ideas, but his films can tend to get a little bit loose and sort of goofy in spots. And the screen movies are all pretty tight um, and, you know, stick the course or whatever. I don't have any weird, weirdly playing scenes. Which may come down to just good collaborators, right? Patrick Lussier has been with them for a few mm-hmm. films at this point. Like, well, he was, the, he was the Weinstein's editor at yeah. this point. Like they, he fixed, he edited everything. He fixed a lot of films. Um, that's where he was in this situation. even though he was still like craven's guy for like even a few films before this yeah, which yeah, weren't yeah, weinstein yeah, yeah. movies like so yeah. clearly they had a good thing going mm-hmm. and oh, even then like he sticks he sticks with his other like the mark Irwin i leads the cinematographer here like he sticks with him for a while and then after scream two and on he sticks with the other guy that's on that one for a while um uh, peter deming um but I mean, yeah, the I mean, the editing certainly key in all of this, as far as maximizing the level of tension, making sure your the geography of the scenes very clear and everything. Like, right. there's just so much about this that all works, and obviously well, the presence of Drew Barrymore on one side and the Roger Jackson Ghostface voice on the other side. Right, and the thing is, the thing I like uh, the first two movies have, and they kind of they drop it after Scream Two is like the the opening scenes were uh, like remixes of uh, this is when a stranger calls, and then the next one's he knows you're alone, and then the third one is just something not you know and fourth one is this meta kind of thing that goes on but not reflective of you know any horror movie from the time so it's kind of i don't know why they abandoned that but it was really writers <laughs> yeah well, i mean yeah did, well, williamson comes back for the fourth one and then they do some rewrites but i imagine a lot of it was uh on point with what he was wanting to do because scream four is very much what he was talking about what he wanted to do with scream three uh before he left that you know 
parted ways with the project because they didn't like where he was going with it. We can it. talk more about the four because yeah. I because there's things to get into as to why it is the way it is. But but yeah, but the openings, yeah, that's I don't know. I this, this opening's dynamite, Scott. This scene, you know, I saw the film on on Saturday morning opening weekend, and what stuck out about this is a it's you know in retrospect it's an encapsulation of the of the franchise as a whole. B it gets on something very that's usually just subtextual about the slasher franchise in which you have this asshole on a power trip terrorizing this young, attractive woman just for shits and giggles and eventually making good on his threat and horribly stabbing her to death. And that is the slasher film in a nutshell, basically. And, and, no, and nobody knew Drew Barrymore was going to bite it. Like she was I, sold. Like, I was pretty sure she wasn't going to make yeah? it as soon as she popped up. I mean, we've yeah. seen a James Bond movie, right? But I mean, in, in terms of marketing, walking into yeah. this movie, you're not thinking Drew Barrymore is going to be the first thing that had that gets um, murdered horribly in the film. And it's I got know, this feeling of, oh, we're just jumping into this. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, oh, OK. And the sequence, you know, the back, especially the back and forth dialogue, it's it's mean and it's vicious and it's cruel in a way that we really don't get in most conventional slasher films because i think to a certain extent a lot of them the good you know especially the ones that are you know the freddies the jasons they almost keep the violence somewhat at a distance at a remove so Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily feel like this could happen to you right um and that's part of where you have this 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 killer ghost face even before you realize who he is it's just a guy with a with a with a knife yeah i mean he's not some supernatural mass stalker he's not Freddy Krueger, you know, this is something out of an urban legend made very raw and very real. But also, well, the, it, it the choice it, of the costume being something yeah. you used to see commonly makes him just like, oh, yes. he could be anybody. What, 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 what also I like adding, what adding to that is like, not, not only is it mean because of everything that happens and how unfair it is, but the fact that it is just this guy and he's vulnerable like ghostface slips and falls and crashes into things yeah. gets beat up a lot so it's like this he is somebody's too this is, yeah. yeah he does this is someone you could presumably escape from in the right circumstance but you don't and then he murders you so like it's it, it's very sad like you, you feel terrible about this whole situation well um, and it's it's also trying to answer and it's also slyly answering the question of like how do these slasher guys appear everywhere and while it's not novel in its dual killers um, for most people, it probably it was like, I mean, it's I didn't expect to when I went in, to be honest. So in this you, scene, but... there are both of them there, right? They're both. Doing yes, yeah. I believe so. That makes yep. the most sense. Yep. Um, one, one's on the phone and one is running around. Yancy, any thoughts on the, this whole opening sequence here? Yeah, this was not uh, this is like you guys are saying, it's, just, it's masterful and it really is unlike anything Wes Craven had done before. Um, that was my th- thinking sitting down i mean i must have seen this the first week it came out and i, and I remember at the time i was not a big west craven fan I, i've since become a bigger fan of those earlier films but he definitely was rougher around the edges than my hero at the time and still john carpenter who shot everything in a sort of two three five panavision sort of hitchcock influenced style he was very classy whereas as you were saying craven always had like a weird comedy scene or somebody's dick getting bitten off or there was always something you know the swamp thing has a weird tone um and all of a sudden, here's this really classy uh, 235 Panavision, classically made suspense a horror film. And also, you're saying about the sort of, I'm going to gut you like a fish and all this stuff. I think that's the main point to be made early on about this movie is that I can't, and I'm sure, Brandon, you can probably correct me, but 
in the larger conversation of big popular slasher films, this was the this was a an evolution in terms of how real everything felt, including the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, before this point, slasher films were stocked mostly with characters you didn't mind seeing get killed because you that was sort of the 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 idea of the picture was, was the murder scenes. In this, you've got characters that are dimensional and likable, especially you know Nev Campbell, who doesn't resemble any kind of a sort of previous screen queen. So I think right away you've got you know one or two steps closer to real people. And how they might really react. Well, um, we're in the middle and of having, a... and having Drew Barrymore, who's someone that right. is you know not in this kind of thing. I mean, you know, she's done like Firestar, like, but you know, she's someone that's generally not seen in this kind of light, right? And especially the way she's presented here, she's she's just like by herself alone, blonde yeah. girl wants to have popcorn with her boyfriend, <laughs> right? Well, you're also in the middle of a, a in terms of a writer's screenwriter's renaissance here in Hollywood with your Tarantino's, your Linklaters, your Kevin Smith, Joss Whedon, and Williamson here. Uh, where you have kids that sound like kids, people, um, they don't just talk about what is Fred doing? I don't know. They they talk about Sharon Stone. They talk about movie. They talk, you know, they talk like kids would. They make comparisons like kids would um, rather than just, you know, talking about each other because they're around each other. And that's all we know. Um, but they're also with the phone voice. It's really mean because it's what two high school kids would think some adult mean killer would be saying to somebody. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of great shots in all of this. But like, I just really like the the, the I, way they, the way they present. To me, this reveal of this mask scared the shit out of me. I've it never is. Seen it's, it, before. There's some good. There's some good jumps. I like when the when it just flashes by really quick when it comes to the door. Um, and all of this, we're still seeing uh, Casey being smart. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no dumb move that she's making here. Like, she's wisely backing herself out of the house right. as she can. She's trying to assess the situation despite being terrified out of her mind like there's well, what, it, it's not taking too many like shortcuts for a movie like this right you, yeah you, you talk about the mask that was a dumb mask that you saw at stores every year and like who buys that and they turned it into a frightening image it's great. like it's, the back, it's turned the back and it turns around it's a mm-hmm. great aging of that reveal oh. and what guy. stuck out at me and i know i'm skipping ahead about 30 seconds but I don't recall too many slashers of this nature that lingered on the pain yeah. and slow death of its violence. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't die right away. She gets stabbed once and is, you know, slowly bleeds out and is in horrible pain. She's she gets crying. strangled. <laughs> and then she eventually gets stabbed a few more times and then gets strung up on a tree. This is where the urban legend part really comes in as her parents yeah. are getting close, but they oh, can't yeah. get her. Yeah. And it's, it's, and you know, if you want to, you know, play what if, you know, does she, if her parents don't come home, does she get away? Right. Mm. And Brandon, oh. this is some of the home to some of the excised footage, right? The the it's it's not right here. It's uh when well, her mom finds her. It's well it's that and it's earlier with Steve with the boyfriend. No, and Steve, Steve, you get to see this Steve stuff you fall see out his intestines yeah. fall out of it. It hold it holds on him, yeah. The, it's it's the mainly the opening scenes. scenes. The tree hanging scene has like every other frame cut out. Yeah. yeah, that's how yeah, they yeah. got away with that. The initial stab when he's behind her and he stabbed her. I thought that was a little more graphic. In the possibly there might be a close up or something like that. Seeing impaling that might because if you always if you can stop it before it hit, like if it hits and then you stop it right before it hits, like they'll they'll change it. Like they'll be like, oh, that's okay, even though it's implied stuff seems kind of worse in my and mind. She takes off his mask right in the first scene. That was Craven's idea. Yeah, that's a terrific too. subversion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And and that's what this film, you know, and at its best, what this franchise does well, which is that, you know, it subverts and comments on the tropes while also being an excellent example thereof. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, Plot wise, the idea is that Stu dated her first, right? Yes. And that, yep. that's that's that she dumped of, him for Steve. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's part of the motivation oh, for why yeah, he it, chose it, her. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I like the first two so much more than the next two is that the motivations are so simple and relatable and plausible. The first two have a real whodunit. Yeah. That's it's really just entitled prick boys being awful to the women in their lives. Yeah. End of story. And then revenge. Yeah, and then you know <laughs> the third one is you know you are a puppeteer. Ha ha ha. Well, the, I mean the third one though, the first time you see it, because you have the first two, it's st- it has stakes and stuff, and it yeah. unravels as it as it goes. But when you first see it, you don't know you're you're in the moment, and then you get the and you're like, all right, and then it doesn't hold up well after after you know. But um, the first time you see it, it does have some sense of stakes. But yeah, I think the first half is decent. Of what? Of, Scream three. Of but three. Parker Posey yeah. makes that movie. Yeah, great. Parker Watch. Posey. Yeah, she's I mean, fantastic. Again, I don't want to. No, that's Wes Craven wise. I think that they make it work in the end. The third one. Um. But here we well, go. folks, uh, it's all downhill from here. This <laughs> is. Uh, you look like Johnny Depp. Let's uh, have you come yeah. here like Johnny Depp. <laughs> so I, I have others for all of these cast members. Um, other Billies included uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who turned it down. Uh, Matthew Lillard auditioned uh, for Billy. David Arquette um, turned down Billy in favor of playing Dewey. And uh, Chuck Child's Play 3 and uh, Serial Mom's Justin Whalen. Justin Whalen, yep. Yeah. He was something at the... I mean, he uh, ended up going he in doing up Dungeons, in Dungeons and Dragons. He was the lead in that. Yeah, with scary movie star Martin Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, Jimmy Olsen in the second to fourth season of Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. Marlon Wayans? No, Justin Wayans. <laughs> no, Justin. Yeah. Now, now, Sydney's father becomes a big suspect. And I love, one of the things I love about the whodunit here is because of all the slashes before where that guy would have been the end up being the killer. Somebody you see in the beginning, stuff like they keep it around like it, it ends up being a core group member, which doesn't. It would be it old slashers if it was a core group member. It ends up being a really messy explanation. And how do they do it? This one manages to pull it off, or Probably. it would have been, or it would have been the father or somebody we briefly saw, like you know, uh, your Farley Granger in you know um, the Prowler, um, Henry Winkler in this would have been the killer. Yeah, yeah, Henry Winkler would have been Winkler would have been the killer. You know, Linda Blair randomly like, well, what's Linda Blair there? So why? Which is what Scream Two kind of does, except the news reporter's like, or she's like in it for like yeah. a, the whole chunk of the movie. So. Yeah, even you know, I I watched these with my two older kids recently, and even you know, first of all, even Allison pointed out how interesting it was that the killer, you know, got his ass kicked on the regular during the you know the, the hunt and kill scenes. You know, she liked that he was, you know, just a guy getting, you know, getting kicked and punched and tripping and all that stuff. But he it's screams, inspirational. I could yeah. be a killer too. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like Scott Snyder. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's, 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 we'll get to this at the ending, but she pointed out a very minor plot flaw that has never occurred to me for 25 years. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. Yes. Remind me when it comes, when it, the big reveal shows up. But two, um, two's, two is like, like it has the obvious ideas like oh revenge kill but also like i guess we need some other guys so like i guess Olafans? i don't know like it's a, it was a, no it was a rewrite it was yeah it was right? be, it was supposed to be jerry o'connell right and the and the roommate were the natural born killers like everybody. trying to be 
Well, and then Cod uh, Weary yeah. randomly on his own would have been because they got filmed revealing themselves as killers and doing all this. And then he's like, well, I can, I can fucking kill you now, Sydney. For, Thank for you. a movie that was made in like nine months, I'm glad they workshopped all those ideas out of there and figured out what to do. <laughs> well, they no, didn't. Actually, it, was, it was leaked and then they had, yeah. they wanted to change it. I read that script. You yeah, know, I have I'm it too. Glad yeah. They figured all that out. Then. Um, <laughs> like, was if I recall at the end of the original script, you know, the, the, Three previous killers are defeated. Then Cotton Weary shows up, kills Gale. Yep. And Sydney and Cotton kill each other. Mm-hmm. By the uh, way, we're talking over this whole sequence, which is like actually a pretty nice just character scene of two people like in a relationship. It's got a, it's got a nice uh, uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper" cover too going on. A little slow hint there. Homage to Halloween. Yeah. What oh yeah, the- that is an interesting hint right yeah. there. Yeah, that's good. What is what does Skeet Ulrich say he was watching before he came over? Uh, it was it basic instinct, basic t- TV version of basic instinct. Okay, it cut all the good stuff out. You know, like about now it feels like I, I think Skeet Ulrich is very good in here, but watching it now it feels very obvious that he's. Yeah, which I think I mean part of that's by design because everyone in this movie gives like a look or gives an, a, a certain kind of menace to imply because that's on you know that's that's a, that's a, that's the point right to give a lot of red herrings, but mm-hmm. also that you know. There's been 25 years of movies since this movie came out that like it, it becomes very clear to see like the tropes in, in this kind of new phase of horror. Mm-hmm. As far as I will say, as much as I love Scream Two and I I do, the one thing that I think Scream One does better is that when I saw this for the first time, and maybe it's because you know it's not a sequel, it's it's its own thing, and I don't know what game it's playing. I don't feel this film does the whole, oh, now you think they're the killer. Oh, now you think they're the killer. Oh, now you think they're the killer. Which I think Scream 2 kind of does to a slight detriment. Where it does play more of, you know, trying to guess who the killer is, spend the whole movie trying to guess who it is. And that's like, that's the aspect of a sequel like that, right? Where you have to play with the, well, this is what worked, so we need to maximize this. And the Right. It works the the first time. It works the second time. Scream 3, you're like, okay, do I just wait till you hear to the end and you tell me? That's pretty much what it feels like with Scream 3. They cheat in Scream 3. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. This is such a classy slasher movie. To keep this same balancing act going for another two-hour movie was really a a, a Rivera thing to pull off. I remember that opening night of Scream 2 and really just being amazed that it didn't feel in any way, uh, it felt so confident. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confident and it knew we wanted to see it and it didn't have have to fake a reason to exist. You know, I think that, yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying about the first two being sort of untouchable. It's just like, like whatever the mojo he and Williamson had off of this first movie, they just like, we got to do this now. Like the fact that they did it, like we're doing it now and it mm-hmm. worked as well as it did. I'm curious. Are there, are there other like horror franchises that are able to like, put, like, I think saw, like, so I was going to say saw two seems to like ride on yeah. that wave as well. Mm-hmm. Like just regardless of how much I like. So I know you're a bigger fan than yeah. I am, but I don't, but I mean, I like it more Relatively than most speaking. of the sequels. But it does feel like that feels like a movie that's, that's really riding that wave as opposed to being like, I guess we got to make another one of these. Um, well, it wasn't. I mean, how often was it even bef- you know, before to get a yearly to, sequel? Yeah, to get like yearly sequels well, before well, you know, I mean, the Rings and Harry Potter. I but mean, like well, when got- it came to Saw, like Saw One had been running around for film festivals before, like a year or two before it landed in theaters. So it wasn't like, oh, hurry! They kind of had an idea. They there was time to to sit on yeah, it. It was, so, it was a Sundance film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
And if I recall, Scream or Soft 2 was an existing script that they just retrofitted. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was Darren um, Bozeman's thing. Yeah. They, they turned it into a thing. Here we are. And Scream, the film that gave Jamie Kennedy a career. Mm-hmm. Okay. So other Randys. <laughs> you could guess. I want you to guess who you think the other Randys were. It's very Daniel obvious. Daniel Day-Lewis. G- Giovanni Ribisi. No. Oh, wow. Think more yeah, comedic. No. Think more comedic. In 90s. Uh, In the oh, 90s. God. Jonathan get- Silverman? How old was he? Too old. Um, if you get I'm, one, you can get the other. Jamie uh, Kennedy. Who else is around this Jamie Kennedy period? Uh, Scott Green? Seth Green? Seth, Seth Green, Green and... Sorry, yes. Uh, the other and, Buffy guy, Nicholas, whatever his name? No, Brecken Meyer, his partner. Brecken, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yep. And uh, Jason Lee. Jason Lee auditioned. Oh. Okay. Which, oh. which, which, I mean, Breckin Myers and I, were, were both brought, they were both brought in for potentially for mall rats. I mean, they're all around yeah. the same thing. We know what Jason Lee's is like easily. Like, you just, <laughs> I'd argue this is the best. I mean, he's in the movie, like, but I'd argue Jamie, this is the prime Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, right? This no, is, this is it. This, this is, is why he, he has a career. Right? Like, yeah. he never, yeah. He's great. He's very perfect in this. And the blockbuster scene, too, is great. Yeah. I, I mean, have, I have he no did real okay in Tremors, but like, hey. I have I have no real perception of him outside of anything because I just don't care enough. But I mean, these movies, he works. <laughs> He's really good. You know, it was legitimately really good here, and I had I, I had to fight it for a long time. I just there's something about me about him rubbing me the wrong way. But Lilliard is really holy crap! Well, oh, Do you notice yeah. they're wearing the same sweater right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like one's wearing a short sleeve, one's wearing yeah. a sweater. Yeah. But no, they're they're, the they're very pat- there's a there's yeah there's a lot there as far as how. Their, their friendship. Maybe I've noticed that before or not, but right now I was like, wait. I've never caught that before. Yancy, I also I agree with you. I'd argue that he and Campbell are probably the best actors in this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Lillard, I've seen so much in doing so many different kinds of things. He's, he has a mm-hmm. lot of he has a lot of confidence in like the kind the, the range that he can pull off. And I, I do appreciate that. I do think he's very good here. I don't get the the whole people like want him back in another scream. Like what he died. He died. Stop like, it. Fuck. Dear like, God, stop it. That's not like, you, obviously. That like yeah. sours what good he did. Like, what? Oh, he had a twin, or I would, I'd kill to have him back. Like, why? Like, no, that kill, like, people actually <sighs> die in scream movies. Hashtag justice for Stu. It's part of the appeal, especially in the last 20 minutes. The way he goes over the top is part of the real appeal. And I think yeah. that's one thing, if you could recapture that sort of the way he seems so insane, you know, when he's stabbing him and he's, you get me too close, man. I think there's something quicksilver about him in this movie that if you could, if he wasn't dead, you sure would want to bring him back. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The but reason I, the first two are so good, they make bold moves. They up yeah. stakes. The other yeah. two don't, they chicken out and they're like, we can't, well, yeah. we'll kill cotton. Yeah. Like right? you, you, oh, I'm so heartbroken. You God, feel, you feel bad that Jerry O'Connell dies in the second yeah, one. Like, you do. They, they spend they, a lot of time making that relationship work. And like, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, Scream I, I, 2 is one of the best sequels to add a bunch of new rando characters and make you actually give a shit about them. Like, I think you, really you care do. more about the ones that die in Scream 2 than most of the people that die in Scream 1. Yeah. And again, I, I like this. Yeah, because there's a lot of, a bit, there's some random. But most of the people that die in this are 
you know, the cameraman. Oh, no. Or the principal. The principal. Oh, boy. Well, like Sarah Michelle Gellar's in two scenes in Scream 2. And I yeah. hated seeing her because she has that great classroom scene where they have the sequel discussion. Mm-hmm. And then you see her in a sorority and it's a really well put together scene. Yeah. And you're like, damn. And then you're like, she's only in two scenes. But and, and there's also like a, there's a cult. There's a cultural element because at that point, she's the star of a huge TV to over teens. And, <laughs> and, right. and it was just in like, I still, well, you know, she just got in the other one of the other best horror chases you've seen in years of a slasher movie and i know what you did last summer. right it's yeah like, oh, so we gotta watch buffy die again like <laughs> well and also you know not to get too much into scream too but that death works because it matters to sydney yeah, yeah. you know it furthers her arc it makes her feel mm-hmm. more like shit um and obviously most of the people that die in this first film she either doesn't know or doesn't care we're not saving enough for our Scream Two commentary, right? Yeah, well, well, okay, well, when Scream uh, Six comes out, <laughs> I mean, in this one, we don't we well, we right, off Drew Barrymore, and then we off like sigh aside. We we, yeah. thre- we threaten a lot, and then because there's so much space, they had to go shoot Winkler dying. Yeah, um, to its to I mean, the credit of Scream Two. I mean, the purpose of that movie's killers was to kill people that were like di- directly connected in some way, right? Yes. Like a lot of it was they, their whole, names. It was yeah, their by, names. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still, it was making it personal to the people involved in the first movie as opposed then, to circling crimes, around in this movie. One of the crimes of that movie is that subplot's abandoned as soon as it shows up. Like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of <laughs> random. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of the lesser things about a very good sequel. Um, was she this Party of Five was already on the air, so that's where we knew her from at this point, right? Right. Party no, of Five, yes. yeah. Yeah. Party five was... Um, and this part, like with the Drew Barrymore off in the beginning, like, are they going to run us through again? Is is maybe Rose McGowan the true lead of this? But like, but... it feels like Nev Campbell's character here. She's already been so traumatized by what happened mm-hmm. to her mother yeah. that she's too real to even think of as someone who's going to get stabbed to death. Right. It's a, it's a nice balancing act, but we like her as much as as a, as a human being in a regular drama, you know. Right. And the film's yes. already showing that it wants to subvert expectations by killing Drew Barrymore in the first scene of the movie. So right. it's like, do we kill off another person right away here? Like we know the killer's a threat. The killer in but, this one, and that's what happens. But but going through a chase oh, and knife yeah. scene right away—that's not what you do. And like with her, like you would not see that in right. a slasher movie before this. Because she, yeah, she would die. You would you know, the final girl is to get chased for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. Um, other stews, Freddie Prince Jr. He auditioned. Okay. Other uh, Sydney. You got the other one. Other Sydneys. We got a lot of them. Uh, Molly Ringwald was offered. Right. Tori Spelling, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, Brittany Murphy, Alicia Witt, Melanie Linsky, and Melinda Clark. Alicia Witt made do on another one. Yeah. She was an urban legend, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reese Witherspoon turned it down. Uh, Claire Danes uh, and AJ Langer. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Also, so for life. Yeah, just right. I mean, I can't imagine any part other than her. She's 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 pretty perfect for these, you know. Uh, other Tatum's, by the way, uh, Rebecca Gayhart, who's also <laughs> a legend. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Scream Two. Yeah. Yeah. Scream two. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Melinda Clark turned it down, probably because she auditioned for Cindy and didn't want to take the second, you know, the the other character. Uh, and then I'm not sure, but. It says Chloe Sevigny auditioned for a part, so I assume it's probably the Tatum part. That makes sense to me. Um, but might have been Sydney. Might have been, but it seems like Chloe Sevigny seems like probably auditioned for like the Tatum role at that point for her. Maybe it's coming off of what kids. 
Yeah. Coming off. Yeah, the Steve Buscemi uh, movie he directed. Trees Lounge. Trees, yeah, Trees Lounge. Sydney does have a lot of fun on the phone as far as she's proving how smart she is as a character. Some of this feels like Halloween, too. I wonder if they're very much so. Talk- oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it did. Oh, this in particular does feel like a Halloween. A lot of it feels like Halloween in a way that I don't think any other slasher movie really does. To its, it's great credit, and Halloween. Think- there's, there's a lot of Hitchcock in here too. Like the, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of uh, like oh, yeah. I, believe, I believe they shot this like around the same place where a Shadow of a Doubt was shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean in a skewed way, this is almost among other things Wes Craven doing a John Carpenter picture. Right. Um, totally. And I wouldn't thought of I wouldn't have thought him capable not to be a jerk at the time as a kid. I wouldn't have thought him capable. Uh, Wes Craven's a very inconsistent director. Yeah, he hits a home run <laughs> yeah. every every once yeah. in a while. But when I go back and watch his stuff, I see that it's, it's at least consistently interesting psychologically. There's always something you can see. What, what he's such a bright guy. He was such a bright guy. You can see what drew him in. But there is that instinct earlier on to sort of make trashy stuff that had interesting an interesting core. And here he's just suddenly you know a, a, like a widescreen master all of a sudden. I wonder when that choice was because it's it's not the first time he's done tooth like I don't know <laughs> it's just like whatever whatever discussions he was having with you know all of his people for this film he just seems like he just yeah had a because it's like I like I would tell you guys before this I was watching Vampire in Brooklyn um it which is right before this movie this looks entirely different than that and it's the same editor it's it's still Lucier it's still uh, Mark Irwin cinematography New Nightmare felt like old Craven, some of those scenes of Wes yeah. Craven talking really slowly. It felt like, okay, he's a weird director, and he's going to be. We should talk about New Nightmare a little bit, but first, let's establish the um, the film did a great job of getting the geography of Sydney's house down. Um, yeah, early on, like based like the door and how that works, where her where the you know placement of everything in her house is, just by having her yeah. having some good long shots that are you know pretty subtle as far as her just moving through the house while talking on the phone to Tatum or to to Ghostface. Um, it, it it it's not the movie's not dumb as far as how to make sure the audience is well aware of the vulnerability presence but also how she can kind of fend for herself uh billy showing up here <laughs> right away mm-hmm. I mean, and then the phone, like how does the phone fall out of your pocket like, <laughs> next to next to your shoe it's a baldy move have so directly suspect him for 20 minutes and then have it be him anyway in the end like intending, when I himself, I wasn't intending himself to get caught well before it was cool mm-hmm. <laughs> take that magneto <laughs> what, what was brandon or, killed him when he had the chance prior to this what's what had been the slasher movies that had been released what was the, the i mean was this like halloween six or child's what? play movies. this was halloween six was around this time uh hellraiser blood uh, hellraiser not a slasher but this yeah, you know. revived horror like i people can they shit on the uh era that came after this and all that stuff but this totally revamped it like Mm-hmm. There, yeah, was, there are there are we've talked about this in other our horror episodes which yeah. people can go back and check out but yeah. it, like there are certainly like movies within the early 90s that you can highlight but yes it was compared to the the roaring 80s like this was not the the highlight period of horror this mm-hmm. gave horror back to the kids it did 
Um, but it's not like the adults were like the adult horrors were coming out. That was the yeah. more quality ones, but they weren't cranking those out like horror normally does. Those would be like um, a couple times a before, year or something. Before we get too far past that, I just want to point out that the scene where she opens the door and Dewey standing there with the mask. One thing when I first saw that, that actually did scare me because it's a good jump. But also it's fucking hilarious that he's standing oh, yeah. there with the mask like that. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's it's. Especially in retrospect, I'm always shocked how late he shows up into this movie. I was going to say that's the first thing we. This is the first time we see Dewey, mm-hmm. also, right? Yeah. We're at the 30 minute mark. Yeah. Um, I was remarking to my wife that the, the fact that the this movie the this movie's atmosphere can can sustain Dewey for the whole running time. If this is Friday the 13th, Dewey would be killed in the first 10 minutes because he's annoying or funny or whatever. But that this movie can keep him alive as a sort of buoyantly, sort of bubbly, funny character throughout really speaks to how, um, you know sort of energetic and exciting this movie is as opposed to depressing and and mm-hmm. you know it's it's not the first time that i think he successfully weaves comedy into this into his movies but i do think it's i mean it's an endearing character for a reason um <laughs> like he, david arquette really works here and and just given the style and tone of this film it does serve its purpose more so than you know bumbling cops in Last House on the Left, <laughs> right? Or whatever yeah. the other. <laughs> that was about like that's sort of the touchstone of what the hell was he thinking? He's sweet and he's blonde, and the fact that he sort of starts to fall for for her makes him interesting. But it's just it's yeah. just a yeah. And so um, Dewey was written to be like a a, t- a much a, like a tough, strong guy, right? That was the idea, and David and David Arquette chose the role. And it's not that he's not you know his own form of handsome but it's certainly not like a stocky you know buff cop right he's david arquette looking like he has a baby face just like the rest of the cast does which is why he gets made fun of right he's he's a, kind of a junior officer but now in scream five he's he's, gri- he's grizzled and old yeah. it's kind of shocking how much st- he sort of grows in stature by the time scream two rolls around and I don't know whether it's the scale of the picture or how the broken arrow score is used. To... It's it's definitely <laughs> yeah. part of the part. Partly yeah. is definitely the broken arrow score. Yeah, but, beautifully. Dewey operates in this weird zone where he's the, he's yeah. you know he's the movie's darkest joke since he gets like murdered yeah. every movie. Uh, yeah. but, but, he's, <laughs> but he's also like has the most authority of anyone at any given yeah. time. Like, so it's it's um, you know David Arquette. For what he, he's you know, for what he does, he's good in this character. movie. He's yeah. a good character. Care about the yeah, and that's the risk when you're going to kill him off, you know, once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, you just make him make him awful. <laughs> um, we even talked about Courtney Cox, and she hasn't really had too much to do as. Oh, of this was her first scene too. And uh, no, yeah. she was she was at the school. She comes up in no, her, her, her key lime pie suit that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but other uh, Gales, we had Brooke Shields and Janine Garofalo and Elizabeth Berkeley, who. Showgirls did her no favors as far as that. All of uh, whom would have been against typecasting. And which, which was, was same, which, which was, was Courtney Cox. Yeah, exactly. Why, so why she pursued the role? She yeah. I feel like Elizabeth Berkeley might have looked like she should have been in high school with them. Not. <laughs> I mean, even at that time, she was too young. I don't know. Uh, well, the reputation from the previous movie was the thing that held her back from this. That, right. That, that, that knocked her out of the, the negotiations for a movie like this. And Courtney Cox gotten so good on Friends with the, with the comic timing that adding her in, her in gives the movie an earnest like a, it's almost like a screwball. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is you know of a bygone era because now star power barely matters. But there was value in putting TV stars in your movies like this. People knew them; they liked them. 
but they didn't command movie star salaries. Do you think right. that's a bygone era? Though? I mean, I don't think that's, especially in horror movies, that's still a thing that always happens. Uh, and I still maybe think for it, horror movies. Yeah. Now, Grant, I mean, we're talking, we're talking about scream, which is until Halloween 18, yeah. the most successful slasher movie of all time. So, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, for other horror movies that are moderate successes, I think part of that's attributed to the fact that you do have like, you know, this Teen Wolf star popped into this movie or whatever. Well, this yeah. was, this was different. Like, so I didn't see scream right away. I was just like, that is not for me. Cause I was a horror guy. And this was all of a sudden all these pop people from teen shows and magazines being in this horror movie. They're like, Oh, Drew Barrymore's in it and all that stuff. And I was like, Drew Barrymore, W Earl Brown. No, thank you. Right. Well, no, I, <laughs> it was kind of a turnoff for me who had been like pledging my allegiance to horror. I was, I was 14 when this movie came you're, out. You're so worshiping at the door of Jason. Goes almost to hell. 15. Yeah. I was like, what? And, and so I, I didn't see it for like the longest time, despite like all the, you know, all the people haven't seen it. And then I saw it. I was rightfully proven wrong, but Seeing all these, because when you say you saw it eventually, do you mean in theaters or like in theaters? No, I saw it. it, So you saw it in theaters. I I went with my mother. I saw it with my mom and my because my mom's like my mom wanted to see it. So there you go. That's (laughs) my mom who like didn't like that I watched horror movies. I was like, you want to go see that scream? I was like, I'll go with you. Yeah, sure. And then I was like, wow, I was proven wrong. Uh, But I saw it like a few weeks after it come out or so, but. It was it was weird because it looked like oh all the cool kids are making a horror movie now whoa like you know I was an outcast so it it kind of just no I get that you know, but it it didn't look like my cup of tea at the time and then it it boomed a new slasher run of movies and I was pig and shit for and a, that time. in a year later we get to Scream Two where every cool kid of that era was in it in some capacity yeah it was yeah. basically like being on you know guesting on the old Batman show yeah. <laughs> I um I didn't see this movie till till VHS. Um, frankly, I was I was young. I mean, it was, it was something I was like just going to be able to go and see. Um, I wasn't not seeing certain things at the time, but it just wasn't a thing that I was going to go like see in a theater. Um, but I eventually got the VHS copy. My mom had already seen it like a couple of times, and so we watched it. And then Scream Two came out. Didn't see that in theaters either. <laughs> got waited, waited, waited to saw to, Scream Two twice opening weekend. Waited to VHS for that <laughs> one also, but Scream Three came around, and guess what? It's after my bar mitzvah at that point, guys. So I'm a man now. So then I could go and see Scream Three in a theater. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and that oh. and that was that's actually fun. My mom and I went to the theater, and I was there like be, like she was doing something. So she's like, "Go get the tickets." I went to go get the tickets. They wouldn't let me get the tickets because I was too young. It's like my mom was right there. And then when we got into the th- when we got into the theater. They still had people checking the aisles to make sure everyone they had a ticket for the movie. They're really intent on making sure that people that are only qual that could be there could be there. Guys, Lance like Henriksen's think, in this. I'd like to think when the killer called, he said to her mother, "Hi, I'm the killer. Can I talk to Sydney?" <laughs> oh yeah, hold on a second. I'll go get her. Actually, I'm wondering what was that phone call like? Is just I like love this up, moment that- when you picked up the phone. <laughs> That's great. I wonder what, like, do you think he turned off the voice changer or is just, that's something you asked the mom? This right? was, stop using this. They didn't use this Nick Cave song in the fourth one, I thought. Mm. Or they didn't use it in the third one or they something. They didn't use it in the, they, <laughs> is it in the third one in the, um, it's in the, um, in the, 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 the credits, right? The closing credits for the third one. I think they like bring it back for, Maybe, for that. For that, that they did, and then I was like, they don't have it at all. How to use that. 
I remember when, 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 when I first, when I first saw this. That is the only Leave Schreiber moment in this entire film. And well, that's <laughs> I thought when I first saw this, is that Gavin Rosdale from Bush? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it, yeah. And I was like, wait, yeah. what? And then I was like, no, it wasn't. Um, and, you know, watching, I guess, the first three, because, spoiler, he dies very early in the third one. It's amazing how much of a presence Cotton Weary slash Leave Schreiber has in these films, considering he's barely in them. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's he's, he's great purposes, in the second one. Not yeah. in Scream Two. In the one, second one, he's doing he dies the... in Scream Three, and then he's just you know, yeah, he's like five or three or four scenes in Scream Two. In the second one, he's in this, he's in his like '90s Lee Schreiber mode, where he like yeah. that in Phantoms, where he does like he just has this like unique character like presence, yet he has some you know, Diane has, has, Sawyer, but he has like leading man type looks, so he kind of oh, stands yeah. out because he's like he's acting weird, but he you know he's a good looking guy, right? He's so the he, best Harvey Dent we never got. He really no, he really he is. is. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. He, he easily could have been Harvey then. But he uh, has a like he just like the way he has this little laugh that he did, like he just has a quality to him that makes him that's why he's, he's fun to watch in a lot of movies. And when he happens French I've, dispatch, he was delightful. Yeah, he was great French dispatch. He might still get <laughs> Shriver, he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he does all the like 30, 30 for 30 narrations. He's on, he's in the, the Ray Donovan movie that's opening up on Showtime. I just oh. want to ask him how you don't make a relationship with Naomi Watts work. That's my whatever point. you got to do, man. Make it work. Make it work. How do you not make that work? It look good on you, man. That that may not have worked, but you know what? The the sequence, the scene, the sequence in the ten, which has him, has, has him and Naomi Watts. Movie forty two in what? Movie forty two has a with them. The infamous movie forty two. Forty three. Oh yeah, forty three. Forty three. That has the scene where they're they're, they're homeschooling their kid, and that that's right with like, him and Watts. I'm just thinking of I was thinking of him in, in the ten. But yeah, him and Watts. That's like yeah. one of the only okay scenes here from that movie <laughs> a, few good scenes, a few good bits in that but that's one of them yeah so i believe the cameraman wasn't he the um mortician in uh or the guy working at the morgue um in new nightmare w o brown uh yes morgue attendant yeah Morgan said, yeah. yeah. So he's been in both and he's the, in, the he's meta in, Westwood movies. He was in Vampire in Brooklyn as well. He was, mm. he was a West guy at that point. Oh. The scene, the scenes between Campbell and Cox are really intense. <laughs> like I mean, it's obviously she hates her, but I mean, they, they really, they really play that up. Mm-hmm. And then they become allies. So it's like, it all works out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I realize now that I used to get him confused with Billy Bob Thornton. When Billy Bob Thornton was just the guy that was getting like slapped in Tombstone. I think yeah. I thought he was the guy. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Because <laughs> he, he was a little more, Thornton was a little more portly in his earlier mm-hmm. days also. Yeah, at the time I probably thought, oh, that's that guy from Tombstone. The guy who wrote One False Move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know you were still here. That's a great line. It just when he's trying to go after him. What's Lillard doing in this scene? Just watch him in the background. He's just like messing around the whole time. <laughs> he's totally peas and carrots, peas and carrotsing it. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible thing to do for a student. Buy the mask and like run through the hallway. <laughs> like, it's the uh, Jamie's an orphan scene from Halloween 4 of Scream. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's exactly that. <laughs> and there is a certain, you know, when I, I, and again, I was 16, yada, yada, yada. But it did strike me as interesting as this was one of the first slasher films that I had seen where the kids were pretty damn cynical about all the bloodshed going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's part of the joke, you know. Yeah, of course. But I mean, it, Henry Linkor will stand for it. Yeah, I mean, of course. People take it damn seriously, but I mean, Scream is comedy too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is a it is a comedy. It's a satire. Even that's beyond comedy, though. That's just yeah. like kids being assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they, like people are like, oh, there's. A, but it's like, dude, that's youth, man. You have no idea. You have no sense of mor- mortality. You have no, you know, tact. Like, there's going to be an asshole that does that. <laughs> I like the idea um, of if, nice. if every time if every, if every time Sydney ran into Billy, like a phone would drop out of his pocket. I think would be a good insert mm. shot. <laughs> uh, this scene in particular um, is like shot for shot done in Scary Movie with Anna Ferris and, mm-hmm. and Jim, it's so Jim, boring Jim because it's in the service of a gag that's completely not worth it. It isn't, but there is a bit where like when Nev Campbell's gonna like run away and then she turns back and is like, "I'm sorry, I'm not part of your perfect life." And Anna Ferris is like the same exact thing. It's pretty yep. funny. <laughs> Uh, is that another movie that would age very well, even though I didn't like it when I was first saw it in theaters? Uh, no, I imagine it probably aged pretty horribly given the content and, of some of the jokes. Uh, in the, fair you know. enough. So I shouldn't watch it with my children yet. No, I don't think so. Although yeah. I would say, uh, Ivory, I would say Keenan Ivory Wayne's direction is better than some people might give him credit for, but I don't think the movie's yeah. still not that great. <laughs> is that oh, the head, gotta... of, head of the class read poster? Behind <laughs> Scary movie got a boot. Post raunch boost from uh, something about Mary. Yeah, oh, no, it's R E M. It's R E M. Sorry, uh, and American Pie for that. I was going to say American Pie. Like, American I mean, pie. that old comedy point right there. Yeah, and at the same time, you also, you know, you had the Wayans uh, doing it. That was giving it, you know, a, a boost. In, or either these are essentially movies about you know white characters. Yeah, even though the scary movies are starring Anna Faris and <laughs> people, but well-known african-american icon anna ferris yeah <laughs> no yeah um, i mean but i mean it you know you have the oh yeah i know all the yeah, regina hall regina um, regina hall i remember i enjoyed scary movie three just because it was nice seeing the zucker brothers one of the zucker yeah. brothers at least making something that wasn't terrible but yeah. i do remember appreciating two because it felt less like a carbon copy of other movies uh, what? <laughs> what movie? Yeah, was I, much? I, it was the haunting. It's the okay, haunting. Enough, it's the it Exorcist. It's it's it. It was worse. <laughs> that <laughs> that dribbling basketball commercial. Yeah. I, I, I did like Chris it. Elliott in it. Chris it, Elliott yeah. and uh, David Cross were hilarious. It leaned oh, yeah. further into things that were popular at the time than the. It first really one. did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Before we get into some other tangent, what That's happens who in this scene? Chloe Sevigny audition for. True. Yeah, that one. What happens in this scene exactly? Is the so Ghostface is just in the bathroom already, waiting for her? Apparently, yeah. like that was the plan. <laughs> Maybe and he's going to kill, kill some girl for that day. School? And was he for supposed what, to? Was the plan to like if he was successful? Does the movie end? <laughs> like, well, there's a couple <laughs> spots where it's like right, you know, during the. Oh first no, we're gonna oh, we're gonna get to the Scott. Don't worry, I we're gonna get to the other. We're gonna watch the whole movie. We're gonna watch the whole movie. Pops up randomly, but yeah. I just I do not understand how this scene works. I've never understood it. It's a great trailer shot, which is what I think is entirely for. Like, and and this sequence here, as far as the girls making fun of Sydney in this situation and digging into the screenplay, but what is the logic of this sequence? Like these just the ghost face just waiting there for hours, hoping that Sydney would arrive at some point. It's the uh I, how would he know she's in there? Logically <laughs> it makes no sense, but also <laughs> 
there's a potential that Sydney is indeed a suspect and a lot of this shit's in her head and she projects the killer and and sees stuff and she, she believes the attack is happening because it's outside. It, it's the mental craziness aspect of being a suspect. That's the, than, that's the best I can explain it to, to myself. That's my head cannon. My, my, my thought is like I, she could just be imagining this happening. Like That's the best I can do, even mm-hmm. though the movie doesn't really support that <laughs> well there, there's the attack at home that you could say Wait. is like well i mean movie- if, it, if it ended up all of it being imaginary sure you could go back yeah. and say all that but there's a movie that sloppily does that called high tension or oh, yeah. tension. Yeah. i know um, <laughs> yeah. but that's where I'm, I'm trying to put that where this might be pushed in there there's a lot of old whodunits that sometimes you go back and you're like oh they were they were really trying to make uh, so-and-so a suspect here like there was a like candy man yeah, to a certain uh, extent. So, it, because it does make me want, because I do, because I mentioned, I'm not huge on directorial choices in this movie, and a lot of it's because of these like random like fisheye lens angles or weird moves with the camera or just framing stuff, and it makes me think: Was there a version of this that did really try to incorporate that? And they just kind of edged out all that stuff to make you know the movie that they had. Like, yeah, it, but it, when that I first would ju- saw this, that would justify it to me. Like, exert- if. It, this scene right here, like it's like she's running away. It's like tell us that woman going to see who comes out like, of the bathroom. <laughs> like if that actually happened, you know, if it was real, then she would feasibly tell. I mean, she's a smart person. We know this already. We've got a movie to tell us this already. She could tell somebody the killer's in the bathroom. Go in there and get the killer. There he is. I think <laughs> the implication is that either it was the killer or it was just a bunch of kids that were pulling pranks. Could have been also. Yeah, although we do see, I mean, it could be a fake knife as well, too. Yeah, like that, that's another way I justify it. Also, that it's just and you're more, not, more kids yeah, doing. Yeah. But that's a that's a long yeah. con of a prank. I just wait in here for mm-hmm. hours for Sydney to come in just so I can surprise her in the bathroom. We'll say twenty five years. I never once questioned that scene until now. It doesn't bother me one bit. It's a it horror movie. Like, in the fact, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But it's just it's just it's vulnerable. It's it an after random the fact, in comparison. It's an after the fact question I have when I think about it. It's like, why did that scene happen? Aaron Maybe, likes his movies to be realistic. Only because only because it happens again. <laughs> this stalking stuff that happens where he's like in the woods randomly or in the shopping mart, and it's like, what? Like, what it's you- because when you're writing, you're working on the, you need points to hit and not get away from action. That's probably the boring, uh, doyalist explanation for it. Is something needed to happen there? They wrote it in. They had the school to shoot, and they're like, well. We need some filler action stuff. We've been patient too long. I get That's... that. You know, you know what movie doesn't do that? Scream Two, which is longer than this movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it doesn't have like the filler scenes, but it's still almost two hours. Or it is well, two Scream, hours. Like, Scream two One hours gets to make the missteps. It's the first one, so yeah, it, yeah, it makes the. When I say like, I, and I, I think you're the same. It's, when I say like, I like Scream Two more. It's like splitting hairs. Like it's not like it's you know, it's, it's not a giant leap. I mean, I think it's a really well made movie, but I you know I love watching this movie as much as I like watching Scream Two. <laughs> These two are fun together. Like it's not, it's no surprise mm-hmm. that like they continue to partner them up. Let alone the fact that they have, they really got married, and then divorced by screen. I just want to ask David Arquette how you don't make it work with Courtney Cox. <laughs> Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. Somehow, somehow, Freddie Prince Jr. made it work with Sarah Michelle Gellar over wrestling, but the but uh, Arquette and Cox, the wrestling was a no a no oh, win for them. That was and the they joke do Star Wars together. Yeah, <laughs> that's the joke I used to make with uh, irrigation. You know, Ethan Hawke. It's like, dude, Uma Thurman's the person you cheat with, not on. <laughs> that's what uh, I'd like to ask him: How you don't make it work with Uma Thurman? <laughs> 
I like that Matthew Lillard is like three times the size of Rose McGowan, so he can just pick her up in yeah. the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. I mean, like, what was that uh, show? He was it the the bridge? Was that mm-hmm. the bridge? Yeah, he yes. was excellent. He was yeah, he's great that on that show. show. I mean, every adult thing that I've seen him do, he's been good in. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, the the Descendants. Yeah, yeah that was the Descendants. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like his teen stuff is bad either. It's just no. he happened to do like five movies of Freddie Prince Jr. that aren't good. So, I mean, that's that's what it is what it is. But still. And he did, he did a lot of like wild man. Like, yeah, he fell into a type. Roles. Yeah. But, and like, well, like right. SLC Something Punk was well. his like art house thing that worked for a lot of people, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That, Lillard, he's great in, in the Twin Creeks, the third season, Lillard. He's completely. Oh, trendy. yeah. Yeah. Forgot he was in that. Yeah. Totally transformed from a slightly annoying douchey young guy to a you know paranoid middle aged guy. He's great. That's and honestly, he's he's, he's and he's great in, as Shaggy. Like he he, yeah. he oh, does yeah. the work as Shaggy. Like it's yeah. not those movies are necessarily great, but like there's reason. Like he nailed the voice to the point where he got to do the voice, except in the movie for some reason because we needed <laughs> Bill Hader or whatever they got for the voice for the character. And that's why Scooby Doo made a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking mm-hmm. about the first one, yes. Who else was up for Prince? No, 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 no. The the animated movie. That's Scoob. Oh, Sorry, no, no, no. Scoob. That's why Scoob oh, was a roaring success. There he is. Talking about West the Raven. live action one that opened with fifty two million dollars in June of twenty two thousand two. Yeah, no, not not James Gunn's written Scooby Doo movie. Yeah. the animated films. Who who else was up for Principal? Is there any? Because it feels <laughs> like we a flashy cast. Like it could have been some random other direction for. I'm half surprised. You know, uh, uh, Craven didn't cast himself. He did, Fred. Yeah, we just, we just watched him. Well, I mean, in this role, right? Uh, who was up for for uh, the principal? Uh, 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 one of the Jeffersons, Archie Bunker, um, <laughs> uh, Rod Howard. Honestly, uh, they, they had all the all the classics. Mork, Robin Williams. <laughs> they went in there. I believe and it. Later, uh, Le- uh, Lenny and Swiggy both auditioned. Scott Bayo. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Now, the purpose of this one is it solely so they can eventually like get the kids out of the party later? Like, like this will draw a crowd. No, it's it's the joke. Like, kill the principal. Like, ah, I think, yeah, I think it's know, a murder like, just for the hell of it. I mean, I get I get that to a point, but also when like because they do that, sh- they say they string them up on the football field. I feel like. Plan, the, planning wise, I do think that would be a thing that could draw the. I think they do think ahead as far as that would draw people ahead, away to some degree. For kids in school, that's the highest point of authority. It's gone. Now the kids are not like he's coming to the party or anything, but now they have no head of school. They have nobody to clamp down the rules. It's it's a stakes raiser. It's I, I don't know. It's cutting out authority where they had it before. Fair enough. I will say we, but we hadn't mentioned it yet. But um, off air, we were holding. Um, there's a the uncut version of this movie, uh, but I also I discovered commentaries from Scream because uh, back in the day they ran the uncut version on pay per view, and they also ran the commentary version on pay per view. So when I taped it, I didn't know what I was taping, and it had commentary. I'm like, what is this? They're talking, and it was the most fascinating thing mm-hmm. listening to Kevin Williamson. And um, Wes Craven talk about. I'm like, wow, I've never heard this. This is cool because I didn't have Laserdisc, so I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, but they actually pay per view would run a movie with a commentary. Okay, so I, I that's cool. 
when he, when he I, I just in can't the avoid woods. when Ghostface just pops up in the woods. Like I guess he just he left the school still wearing the costume for some reason, so he's right. just randomly lurking around now. I but the, I why think would you it's wear just the costume? a Halloween homage for the sake of a Halloween homage? Presumably, right. like people would. See it looks him. like Bigfoot. In the woods. Like, yeah. Ah! Yeah, but presumably people would see, like, if he's just not wearing the costume, it's like, oh, there's Billy. Who cares? Like, I mean, like, there's no reason for this to happen. It's just weird. This is the second time we've seen Randy. The whole... Yep. Yeah, we haven't got a lot of... Like, I mean, you know, the party's like f- a third of this movie, so like we're going to get a lot mm-hmm. of Randy. But yeah, it is very economical with these characters, which helps as far as, you know, uh, keeping the suspense going as far as who's doing this, right? Because you're not leaning too far on anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, the person you're leaning the farthest on is the one that you're trying to not suspect now because it's Billy. And Stu, for that matter. Stu's, like, stealthily in most of this movie. This is one of the best scenes in the movie, right? This whole conversation that they're having. And it plays so differently after you've seen it once. You go back and you're like, oh, this is the creepiest scene in the movie. It really is. It's (laughs) like Stu's fully aware of the the truth. (laughs) It was the fun scene, and now it's like, ooh. Yeah. It's also fun to watch the extras who are very much yeah. paying attention to them because <laughs> they are just talking loud about this stuff. <laughs> she just she shakes her head and walks away. Yeah. yeah. Randy was a character for me when I watched it. I was like, oh, look, it's like myself in a movie. And then I'm like, am I that annoying? <laughs> like, and that's why it was so gosh darn courageous to kill him off in the second one. Yeah. It's the best yeah. move the series made. Yeah, it's it, it still it stinks. It's supposed to sting. Yes, it subverts and expectations. As it, much as I don't like Scream Three, I adore that they didn't bring him back. Right, they resisted the urge. I yeah, mean, he's in a video, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> Randy's sister. <laughs> uh, um, but, but no, they they kill him. It's sti- it's the it's the favorite fan favorite character. Yeah, the- you kill him. It resets everything. Now anybody can die. Then you do that yeah. Dewey scene. You believe that Dewey dies in Scream 2. You're they like, just fuck really you. Him. <laughs> it ramps up the intensity. That's why that movie's so good. And then <laughs> they got s- such blowback. stupid blowback that now it's like Scream 4 is I my point where I was like, okay, with that movie is when they don't kill Gail Weathers in that barn scene. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so everybody's making it. Like, um. This, sorry, just watching this again, watching Lillard, it's like, because it's both of the killers just like circling him right now. Right. And watching him reacting to Stu, to, to Billy talking to him, that's, uh, that, that's good stuff here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very thought out stuff as far as the choices being made. But yes, I agree. I mean, Yancy, I know you're a bigger fan of Scream 4 than, than we are, but I, I, I don't disagree as far as the, the lack of courage it seems to have and do, pulling anything out of, out of it. It almost does have it, though. That's the thing. It's on pace. Scream 4 paces up like, oh, this is going to be, and then it hits a point. It, I will give that. it. It's Some of its third act stuff is ahead of its time that we yeah, all were thir- like. Simplistically speaking, I think Scream 3 is a halfway decent movie with a god-awful climax that sinks the whole thing. While Scream Four has an okay opening and a terrific closing, but the middle is just deader than di- duller than dishwater. I was okay uh, with that middle part, though. I was going, like I said, my turning point is Gail Weathers not biting in. Not that I want Gail Weathers to die. Well, I want just, stakes. I want it yeah. ramped up. I want to care. I want to know 
Yeah, but you have the, the Scream fandom is a fucking weird one where they're like, I don't want to kill the characters, but I want to see them get uh, attacked and killed or not killed. Well, but it's it's the franchise is in a weird place because it's one of the few horror franchises where the heroes are the marquee characters. Yeah. And, you know, you, you do have a a fan base. I don't know how, you know, small but vocal or whatever that thinks of Sydney as their cinematic role model in terms of, you know, overcoming trauma, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I don't begrudge them that, but it also puts the movies in a very challenging position. Right. They act like they have Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, but they're actually wanting Scooby-Doo. They want what? them. Yeah. Last time I remarked on this, why is he in the grocery store? Like, Who's what hungry? Is, what's going on? With Walking around costume through the town that knows it's looking what it's looking for. I don't understand the these choices. I love doing this ice cream. It's really funny. Um, it feels like that was some. You know, he's like, I'm gonna, he's gonna smoke, and I'm gonna have ice cream. I think that's one of the things they talk about in the commentary is. They do talk about the ice cream. Yeah. So they don't like talk that's about his, the... that's his cigarette. Is yeah. like he takes a drag by licking his. <laughs> but yeah, I because I, I listened to it. I was I listened yeah. to it on the four K that just came out. It's, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is exactly what the reason right. is. They don't talk about Ghostface randomly popping up. <laughs> do they talk about you know whether it was an intentional piece of social satire? The idea that you have two horrible murders that are done while the victims are at home, so they do a home. No one can leave their house. Curfew. That is pretty funny. Um, they don't quite delve into that. Mm. And then it's like, oh, let's show the sheriff having shoes too. Case of the sheriff, right? <laughs> the sheriff wearing what I assume are standard order shoes. So it's like, why should we respect them? Well, we saw the shoes, but everyone wears the shoes, but we didn't see everybody's shoes. Yeah, see, I, I know we, there was a lot of talk of, of, of Scream 4 and it, what it's not doing, anything you want to say in that regard. You know, I only saw Scream 4 once and I liked it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I, you know, the first two of these are great and the, and the third and fourth, I think, have uh, uh, redeeming qualities. So I think overall, it's a really strong series uh, as far as slasher series go. I agree there's redeeming qualities. I just, I'm not fans of those movies, but certainly, yeah, there's good stuff in them. I mean, there's good character, which comes down to the characters, right? They do some clever mm-hmm. things with some of the new people. I mean, obviously, the stalwarts are what they are, but well, all of them have strong production values too. There's no yeah, they're like, well oh, made. Is the cheap one, yeah, you know? but the, the, that's you know, these they have, the, 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 three, and four, three and four cost forty million dollars. Yeah. Wes um, Craven, you know, directed the suspense scenes that that make them worthwhile. I think. Um, he pulls them out of the hat for both three and four, I think, enough to make them, you know. Patrick Dempsey coming back for five? I hope so. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Make, uh, McDreamy? Is he McDreamy? Is that the one? He's not When McSteamy. you survived Scream franchises, but you didn't survive Grey's Anatomy. Right. I Raphael, tra- they could bring Raphael back. <laughs> I, I, I assume in the trailer when it's like, I'm Sidney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. You hear Patrick in the movie, practically runs up behind her. He's like, Connie, who's on the phone? <laughs> well, she's pushing a baby carriage, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. Like, so he's coming. Out, he's yeah. like, Honey, you want me to take the carriage, honey? Who's on the Who's on the phone? Oh, it, it's it's the killer. <laughs> Tell Mojo Jojo to knock it off. <laughs> I so bad. Obviously, it can't happen, and I know it'll never happen. But I want so badly for Roger Jackson to slip into his Mojo Jojo voice at some point during a scream film. <laughs> 
Uh, coming up is, I think, my favorite thing that Dewey's and uh, David Arquette's ever done in a movie when um, they ask, what's Gail doing here? And then Dewey looks with this huge grin in his face saying, she's with me. It's the best look <laughs> that he's ever yep. did. He's like so excited. And then I lose track of the ages here because he, he talks about how he used to be younger watching her on TV, but it's like mm-hmm. they want to be like dating. Tw- and they're 25, I think. Yeah. Or 26. Because I know there's a comment about how her show tracks like best among 18 mm-hmm. to 24 year olds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. He was. Oh, so he's one year off of it. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I'm this. And he's like, I was this bro. That bro. For, for a whole year. year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So now we're at Stu's house party. We're an hour into the movie. This is the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. so long. Uh, I actually wrote the stat down here. the uh, The opening scene, for example, took five days to shoot. This scene took twenty one days to shoot. It occupies forty two minutes of the film, and the crew had shirts that said, uh, "I I survived scene one hundred eighteen." They haven't worked <laughs> on this whole sequence since it took so long to shoot just this whole party sequence. There here it you is. Go, here you go. <laughs> with me they, they'd use that in his roll call at the end of the credits too they do yeah that's like it stands it's a legend scene <laughs> i like how it's Stu's house party so he wears this like fancy robe <laughs> that's his that's his deal also everyone in this town is like rich and has country homes yeah it is it like a the 90s every the economy was going great and it's what woodsboro which is what like santa rosa so it's like northern california somewhere that's the idea yeah Clinton had just been reelected. Good times were rolling. Everything was going to be okay. <laughs> also, who would be excited about like a cop coming to the party? Like that's weird. <laughs> it's Dewey. Nobody. I, I know. No one takes exactly. Not seriously. He's going to take. Bill and Stu are probably like they sent Dewey this way. Awesome. So does Billy kills her? Right, this Tatum. Uh, I it must be right because so? Stu's uh, Stu's doing the party, right? He's, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah, being yeah, the, yeah. He's being the master of ceremony. I'll be right back. Yeah. And also, that'd be that'd be especially cruel if Stu was the one killing his own girlfriend in the well. sequence. Well, I mean, he killed Drew Barrymore because <laughs> he dumped him. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a good tense scene. Um, as far as how this plays out, right? For one thing, there's a lot of like fake scares with like a cat. Like, and I think it's a, it has to be a joke, right? Having like a cat appear, like oh yeah, this movie's smart yeah, enough yeah. to know that it's making fun of that idea. It has to establish that door too. Mm-hmm. And I would also argue her line about you know, "Don't kill me, I want to be in the sequel" is the most self-aware line in the picture. Well, even like how she's dressed in this, like how she's talked to Sydney earlier, or, or how Sydney's talked about things earlier, as far as what the yeah. killer does and how these movies work, and that you have yeah. Rose McGowan looking the way she does in the scene and acting the way she'd like. It's very... Well, they have her holding the cold beer. It's very intentional. Um, so the killer locked the door from the outside, then unlocked it, came back in, pressed and the garage removed, door. And removed the garage door sensors yeah. so it wouldn't... A little camera move where he sort of... He's My really garage fast. door, I have that... to close it like eight times before it actually goes down. So this would never it, work on me. It, as much, I, what I like here is that it's, a, it's really balancing the humor and the horror well because yeah. you know that this is the killer. You, but she's not into it and she's trying to and like it's still humorous to think of this way also the killer he's never shot better than he is in this scene like the way that the robe looks in this sequence you can really see the detail of the it. glistening I don't know, of it yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting how it, it it it's like and even the angles like it almost looks like an italian horror movie right now yeah like it seems very deli- like we're seeing like very deliberate choices as far as how this whole sequence works 
So after watching like 45 minutes of the movie where I'm like, I'm not into some of the, these choices, this is like, I really enjoy. So you like it when blondes are chased by the killer? <laughs> like when Wes Craven's directorial no, stamps. No, I like it when blondes are murdered by the killer. <laughs> yes. And once again, the killer's getting just crushed by these oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got to that, that costume's going to smell. You're going to like smell him coming in the room. He's, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't like he's not more suspicious of Billy later on because he has like cuts all over his body probably while they're having sex for the first time. He <laughs> smells like, dude, did you like drink a keg before you? Yeah, like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> and this is, I believe, uh, has the record for most realistic scene in a movie of all time, right? Is that how this yep, works? Yep, is it? <laughs> Watching this as a child, I'm like, that's creative. That's literally my, I don't think I've, I, at that point in time, I don't think I'd seen a more creative uh, murder in a horror movie before. <laughs> Maybe the garbage truck in Child's Play 3. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> head getting smashed via doggy door in garage. That's, yeah. a, that's a good one. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't hold up, but I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> It's also a sad death, right? I mean, she's like oh, co-lead she's of this movie. We like. Well, and she was yeah. part of a funnier. Uh, we liked her energy. We liked her jokes. Like, and if we didn't think it was Billy before, him shooting out the door right here. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Billy thing is interesting because it's so on the nose. It's like it's him. It's him. It's and then, that you're like, no, you, they, they totally make you second guess him. Yeah. And then they successfully make you forget about him. Like you're like, oh yeah, oh there it is. First they they wanted us to think it was him, and then then, they then they murder him, right? So you're like, what the fuck is this movie? (laughs) Like, what's going? But that works (laughs) all time. You've seen this movie a million times, but you haven't because I hadn't seen Two Killers before. I'm sure Brandon can name the one where there was, but like they tell you, you've seen this movie, you know what happens in the slasher movie. Oh, the whole time they're breaking the rules in, in a fair way, you know. Yeah, and the big thing is, at least when I first saw it, I never occurred to me that Billy was a killer because I was expecting something far more convoluted. Uh-huh. Ironically, like we got in Scream Three, yeah, where it was you know your mother was a Hollywood starlet, blah 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 blah. Well, here it's just he's an you know he's the boyfriend who's an asshole misogynist. He likes killing people, and well, this story that there was this, and this he's a little pissed that you know Tristan. Yeah, there, was, there was the affair that broke up his yeah, it's, marriage, it's the divorce and... generation. And Which Stu is psychotic, and yeah, then they yeah, killed once so and enjoyed relatable it. and plausible and a very yeah. thoughtfully written slasher movie. I mean, that's it was something that was very you know, and I think that's one reason why this film resonated to the generation that were teenagers when it came out. Three is the only one of one killer, right? Yes, yes. It wasn't. The, isn't there like a fan theory that there is a second killer and they just didn't get him? Well, it was supposed to be Emily Mortimer was the yeah. other one in early stages, but that got dropped. Um, and then you know, Scream Four, the killers also come with a pair of stilts <laughs> and shoulder pads, <laughs> obviously, because three foot nine Emma Roberts probably didn't throw <laughs> Allison Brie out of a window or out of the, and of the parking foot, garage. Four foot one Calkin didn't yeah. do much either. <laughs> Um, just before dawn has two killers, but I mean it's not. Yeah, just before dawn has two. But there's one. It's not really like a. Side, it's not a whodunit. It's just like, hey, but there's two right. of them. Yeah, you're right. It, you know, I don't think I as a. I personally person, hadn't seen uh, just before dawn. Yeah, yeah. I had seen most of the mainstream out. slashers, but it's not like I was an expert. So this was certainly the first one that I could recall where you had two killers. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to prove something wrong. It's just I'm just trying to think. No, like, oh, what no, are movies? No. What I, are movies? I, yeah, I don't think consensus. you are. No, I'm just trying to think of what movies do have like multiple. I guess the chainsaw movies by default. 
No surprise. Well, it's sort of a surprise there, but but this is really the twist, and it works. Yeah. Well, it's certainly um, messy because it's a good way to mess with you as far as like how like because yeah, how does one wanting, person do all that? You're sitting there the whole time thinking like, what? The, what is this gonna? What's the end game in all this? <laughs> watching the movie, Lillard and 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 and, and Ski both seem kind of off kilter, but we know they can't both be the killers. But if you knew it was two of them, you might pick them both. You know? Yeah. That's why I do think it, you know, the sequels have challenges to have to match at that point because they've established a certain status quo of how these things work. And again, it is my miracle that Scream 2 is as good as it is. But I do think it's telling that the killers are the least interesting thing about three and four as far as like what it is that's going on there. Especially three. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I am the author of all your pain. It is weird when the Scott Foley is petting that cat while giving his monologue. Which, <laughs> Scream three, why there's one is like, oh, because there was three original, you know, like I guess, yeah. But I, oh, I just, guys, thanks for the kill. I'm gonna go back to Hollywood now. Continue yeah. my successful life. <laughs> yeah, credit credit to Scott Foley. I remember like MTV interviewing him among other cast members, and he's like, yeah, no one knows who the killer is. I, they didn't even give me a whole script. And straight, straight face. <laughs> I was dead in a scene. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I you know died. what? Could have been. <laughs> Could have just shot scenes like that. Uh, I remember, you know, you know, friend of the show, Randy Schaefer, and I had basically convinced ourselves that Dewey was going to be the big mastermind at the end of three. <laughs> and, you know, it's dumb now. And, you know, whatever. I don't care. You know, the fact that I was wrong didn't impact my enjoyment of the movie. It's just the choices they did make were bad. Um, among them, having Scott Foley do a big part of his evil monologue while wearing the mask, so he looks like a freaking Power Ranger. Um, I guess it's possible that none of these people have seen Halloween before. Yeah, that that that's. <laughs> It, it even then it's sort of slightly and, and again not a deal breaker or anything it's like you know someone like Jamie Kennedy's character who's this hardcore horror geek isn't showing them a, a something a little bit less mainstream yeah there's probably a deleted scene yeah. of him freaking out because they all said we haven't seen Halloween before <laughs> there's that that's possible yeah, they're gonna watch Wayne Wang smoke next it's like <laughs> <on the TV. laughs> you know throw on pieces it's yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's, it's what Stu picked up at the store. Like, oh, smoke's out. Here's your pitch meet. Here's your pitch. I love Kaitel. I, I, I was watching the piano the other day. <laughs> Stu. Oh, they have up and okay. smoke up there. I, on I the... got one for you guys. Chopping mall. Yeah. No, it's not remotely what you think it is. They have Cheech and Chong's up and smoke under whatever the red. Oh, that is true. Um it when when Randy's saying these rules, has I, surely like we've thought of these tropes before, but is is anyone like made, ever made like a list of rules before like this? I don't think outside of Mad Magazine, maybe if that, or you know, just talking in your circles. But this uh-huh. is where it took. I remember step. when the when I saw the first Austin Powers, which I still love. I was sort of shocked that nobody had made a movie, at least a mainstream movie, making fun of those specific tropes, because you know we all knew them. Well, the Flint wow. movies were, but they the were taken. They were yes, taken yeah. as serious by Austin yeah. Powers. Yeah. So they, I mean, um, the, yeah, it's the yeah. time passes where they forget that the Flint movies were comedic takes on the James yeah. Bond thing, yeah. to yeah. where 
Austin Powers thinks, oh my gosh, there's a serious um, competitor to James Bond. It's ridiculous. Look how bad yeah. it is. Like, no, they were supposed to be comedies. I mean, Spy oh, Hard God. gets pretty close. For what, it, for what it's probably worth. right. I mean, like, um, it's, it's combining things. Ironically, not Mission Impossible because that's wrongfully accused. <laughs> the next Leslie Nielsen movie. Well, if I that's recall, the they open on the same. Day. They'll be a ninety. This, this, this scream wrongfully. Uh, Spy Hard. I remember. I remember Mission this scene being like, "Oh, year. this can't be good. This can't no, be good." Spy Hard and Mission Impossible, I think, open on the same day. They, yeah, it's, they're both ninety six. So yeah, it, it was impossible for it to <laughs> to do that. But it is. Well, it just. It's always funny to me that there's a Mission Impossible spoof in, in wrongfully accused. <laughs> Yeah. And not spy. Yeah, great, there's a great uh, usual suspects bit in wrongfully accused. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, there's a bit in scary movie. Yeah, there. I saw all of those bits Which... before I saw Usual Suspects. So I, but I didn't necessarily. <laughs> I didn't know that that was what it was doing because I hadn't seen it before. So why would I know that? Because so I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't like it didn't ruin the fact that it was Kevin Spacey. But I was still like, oh, right. that's what this is from. This <laughs> 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 cup fall down. Um, it's one of those great moments I had. It's like just like an epiphany, like oh my god! And yeah, you know, you know, our stupid fan theory about Randy being, or Dewey being the mastermind, and then six months later, scary movie comes out, and he's the mastermind. And it's Doofy, yeah, he's yeah. You got the Arkham Asylum game plot before, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you thought it was, but the difference is, I just talked about it amongst my peers in the cafeteria. Mm. But anyway. Who's calling to tell him that the who's calling Stu's house to tell Randy? Why is Randy answering the phone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, adult speaking. <laughs> How can I oh, help you? Oh, because <laughs> Stu is upstairs getting ready to stab yeah, he's, up putting, he's putting on Billy. his costume and getting the fake blood ready. So like, I guess Randy's in charge. I got the fake knife, right? Okay, okay. Oh, and there's still, this good still, delay. This, this delay is a good thing that they establish. Yep. That's a good bit of tension that they get there because yep. it, it's it's nice that they bring it on you know early on and the get this going. He's in all the chips. Yeah, he W O Brown was doing some good Cheeto work earlier. Now he's yeah. got the How's he having those without anything to dip in? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, plain chips are tasty if it's if they're they a are. Chip. They are. If they're yellow corn, they're usually pretty Man, tasty. Listeners, let us know. Tostitos with or without dip. Um, put us uh, on the Facebook. The multi-grains Tost- are better and less filling. Yeah. The Tostitos isn't a brand of chip I would get to just eat the plain chip. But Brandon, were you saying this, that this could be a yeah, this was, suspicious scene? Yeah, when when they the, right when they start to take off, and he's like, let's go down here. I'm like, oh, no. That doesn't seem good. But, you know. Dewey is who Dewey is, but when you first watch the movie, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. I guess you could still be suspecting. I never really thought about that. And that was good. This is actually I didn't think about this oh, yeah. a lot. The the ominous car is coming in behind them, mm-hmm. and that's all. The work's done in this thing to like set up these scenarios. Yeah. I mean, it's legit. I mean, everything is legit. Uh, red herrings, who done it stuff, but it's done um, earnestly. Like it's all natural, and it's your own thing putting on it. Yes, there's some stupid boot shots and things like that, but with all the characters who would actually be suspects, it plays earnestly. What when they when they tackle down that hill, I assume like fourteen cell phones fell out of each of their pockets just yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, this movie is it tells you who it is the whole way through, like everybody, and you just don't 
pick up on it. It's the brilliance of it because Billy is the kill. I mean, you're boom, boom, yeah. boom. There he is. Stu's it's, really it's definitely an Occam right. It's an Occam razor or whatever you pronounce that word. Occam razor situation. Occam, Occam whatever. I'm tired. Oc- Occam um, asylum. Um, and and especially in retrospect, this feels like the last, at least in terms of mainstream, the last pre cell phone movie, because yeah, by screen right. two, a year later, everybody's got cell phones and they're right. plot. Yep, and they're like, all right, yeah, it's a year later, and they're yeah. all like, they're all like, all right, that was silly, right? And Sydney has caller ID on her home phone. Yeah. And she doesn't have to type into nine one one. Remember yeah, when we had to type into nine one one? No, that is. I mean, again, I'm not trying to give scary movie too much credit, but when Anna Farrah Ferris just types in a "white woman in trouble" and like it cuts yep. to a shot of cop cars careening down the street, at them. it's really funny. Oh, that's good. Make sure you wear your white shirt tonight, Billy. The white one. The ghost face costume was originally going to be white, and then they uh, wisely changed that because they didn't want to have clan association going on with the oh, uh, killer. <laughs> yeah. Also, newsflash, black is scarier than white. Right, yeah. I would, yeah, that would look real cool. <laughs> I imagine they're like, I imagine the, the thought was like, it's a ghost, right? So, and Wes is like, guys, <laughs> let's, let's think about this for a second. Father <laughs> <laughs> death. Is it what the mask costume is called? You know, it's funny. I, I have a, a friend whose uh, parents published one of uh, Wes Craven's books. Um, and they they know of Wes Craven horror movies or whatever, but they had many meetings with him. And uh, after the book got published, my friends like saw the book. I was like, oh, you met Wes Craven? Yeah. It was like like the guy who directed Nightmare on Elm Street. Screw. They're like, they're like, oh, that was they figured it was just a name coincidence. It was some sort of like <laughs> ornithology book or something like that. But they thought it was just a name because like, he presented himself really well. He was real, you know, different. You know, it's well spoken. You never thought he'd been a guy who directed this stuff, but because as as we all know, horror directors they're usually just dripping with blood. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they're walking into rooms. But I mean, Wes has a different way about it. It's been a thing about him in his career is like how astute he presents himself. I mean, yeah, same as Sam Raimi, like he you know wears yeah. a suit on set, like. Right. <laughs> Well, he was a professor, Craven, right? Craven was a professor, yes. And then he stopped professing for porn, and then, hey, he made horror movies. Fascinating guy. And the way Music of the Heart was after Scream 2? Music of the Heart's 90, yeah, it's after Scream 2. He got Meryl a uh, nomination. Yeah. And, an yep. NSYNC, and I believe the NSYNC Gloria Stefan song was nominated as well. Mm-hmm. Two Oscar nominations for a Wes Craven movie. <laughs> which I've never seen. Um, I assume it's good. It's <laughs> fine. I think it like three and a half stars yeah, for Ebert. Pairs well with my soul to take. <laughs> <laughs> Except the Meryl Streep one's scarier. I hate the idea that I'm going to have to watch my soul to take at one point again and be like, you yeah. know what? God damn it. This movie actually has some ideas. <laughs> it does. It does it have is, some it ideas. Does, it, yeah. just yeah, it does have, I mean, but like, yeah, it's just. It's, it's execution is the. It's, it's It's like I'm yeah. saying his loose kind of. Good thing that boat was there. Everybody had boats in the 90s. That's like half the plot of Lethal Weapon. We're going to the lake this weekend, Stu. I like, you're looking at, I like the idea that he, he would still be there. Like, huh? <laughs> They're going to have a conversation? That sucks. You see her right there. That's fun, too, because it's Stu, so he knows the geography of the house. So like when he runs to the other way and shocks mm-hmm. her on the other side. It's, 
this is great. This yep. whole scene right here. And the camera knows it too, because it's playing around with it a lot. Mm-hmm. Good framing. His shoes match the couch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Randy watching a pan and scan Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the more shocking thing, the fact that they haven't seen Halloween, that he would choose this version to watch on TV. <laughs> we had to get it from the video store. He got it wasn't rentals. easy to get I'd say, a he, d- he would be the kind of guy that demand that they get All a widescreen version. Me. Randy. <laughs> I've got the criterion. I still have that thing. Well, it's Stu's house. Yeah, <laughs> Stu didn't have a laser disc. Stu has a pan and scan. No, he, he imported that copy of Smoke, so they ran out of but money. But he does have month. volleyball in the backyard. It's a huge... I mean, everybody has huge houses. Here. I dropped my Tostitos. The, like this is great here because like we we know what's going just the way the delay is gonna work and like W. O. Brown's yelling Kenny's yelling at it like you gotta run kid <laughs> and then nope immediately dead <laughs> which for him is more happenstance right he's just happens yeah. to be there so he it's just like, happens to, yeah that's yeah. it's killer really lingers on this one. See him like wiping the blood off the blade and everything. That's the that's the trademark of ghost faces. He wipes the blood off the blade. Yeah. Every single ghost face knows to do that. Yeah, they don't because they, they don't want the people they murder to get diseases. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's going on there. Ghostface really couldn't figure out how to run around the van. That was that's that was a clever move on his part. <laughs> yeah. But he's stubborn. I get it. He's like, I'm going to get through this door, damn it. This is <laughs> the, the same theme that Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams run away from Michael Myers to in Halloween <laughs> show. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they borrowed a uh, lot. A <laughs> lot. From, right? <laughs> from Marco Beltrami. Scream 2 borrows from Broken Arrow. Obviously. Halloween H2O borrows from Scream. I Because I, I had seen Broken Arrow so many times. So it's like, this theme is it screamed like it's such a, like an odd choice but at the same time it like fit yeah so, yeah yeah in the same way where like i don't know like Hans zimmer taking the badlands theme for true romance like oh yeah that, that makes sense that works he just kind of he alters it a little so it's his own and yeah that for that. yeah he, it was a real vanilla eye situation yeah for sure <laughs> So isn't like Scream Three, the movie, the stab movie they're making is like called like Back to Woodsboro. Return or something. to Woodsboro. Woodsboro yes. And yeah. that's what Scream Four does, and Scream Five looks to have done. Well, with you know, I do think perhaps one of my issues with Scream Four and how it doesn't feel like a movie from 2011 is perhaps because it was what Scream Three was supposed to be in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. or 99, 98, whatever. Yeah, is is well, trying first. to meld things, right? It's doing yeah, doing that, but it's also trying to be like, look at all the. I mean, th- that's the that's the downside for me with that movie, where it's like there has been a lot of time since a scream movie. There's a lot you can do with the nature of horror at that point, instead of just name horror movies. Like, yeah, you can play with instead those of things in the filmmaking. Only well. reference the first film. Yeah. Well, the um, his idea for Scream Three, which is where he separated and didn't get involved for it, was that it was not going to have Sidney, Gale, Dewey. It was going to be about um, how the stab movies and stuff influenced the youth, the culture, stuff like that in another town. And he kind of melded that in Scream Four with in the- adding Sidney and them into it. Mm. 
So in the middle of chasing after Sydney, the killer was also like, let me get Kenny. Let me, let me load this very large man on top of the van and get his blood to be spilled over the windshield just in case somebody tries to drive away. Mm. Art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we always talk about how, you know, Michael Myers is sort of an impish prankster. Yeah. Well, Michael oh. Myers, that is art for him. Yeah. I mean, there's because mm-hmm. there's literally no goal for him beyond, I guess yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> so that's his whole thing. These guys are just like, I guess Sydney's around. We'll get her eventually. <laughs> Let me just tune into this really quick. Right. Scott, what was the thing that your 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 daughter was saying about this movie? This oh, well, if her if their plan works, they kill Sydney. They both survive. How are they? And they, they you know they get found there as they are there. How the hell is Billy going to explain all the fake blood on his shirt and his huh. hands? What we watched my wife. How are they? How are they going to know it's fake blood? Well, if they if they test his, if they do any kind of test on his shirt, then that won't, I won't show up. The, well, I mean, why would they be testing his shirt? It's like you got blood on. <laughs> I mean, or if somebody, you know, if somebody smells it, or somebody, you know, again, it's 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 something that if it's discovered, there'd be no rational way to explain. Yeah. I mean, all the all the real blood, blood on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you smell like so much beer? <laughs> Or he could also um, just take off the shirt. I mean, I don't know. Like, if... Well, that's the thing. Is, theoretically, they're going to be discovered exactly as yeah. they are at the end of the film. Because it's not like they're going to be able to say, we got stabbed a bunch, and then we took a shower and changed our clothes, and then called the police. Okay, well, say they do stay in their clothes. They did get stabbed a bunch. I don't think they're really going to be yeah. testing the shirt for anything at that point. It's like, good thing you survived, son. My wife made a point. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think we got a point here. Yeah. If they had tested it, they would have had to explain the corn syrup. But like, what would they be testing for? <laughs> I think mean, that's that's not what. Somebody else, the killer, the real killer, got blood on you. I don't know. Well, they framed a guy. I mean, it's an open and shut case. <laughs> Unless they yeah. have a really ambitious police officer, but it doesn't seem like it. They have Dewey. <laughs> like, <that's>, <laughs> Something <laughs> doesn't seem well, right here. Scream five is the corn syrup. Watch, it's gonna come yeah, back. I hope so. I hope yeah. that's the yeah. That's a lid. That's the linchpin of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> When Kyle Garner has the corn syrup, you would have got away with it too. Actress from In the Heights, if it wasn't for the corn syrup, (laughs) (laughs) I like this a lot. This this little like three right right here, as far as Sydney doesn't know what to expect, and you got these two guys coming at her, and she's like, "Fuck both of you!" (laughs) Close the door. Also, knowing the movie that we know now, it's scary that Brandy's like, this guy is the killer. Like, we need to get out of here. (laughs) And what's happening outside right now? (laughs) It's Lillard looking at Randy being like, shh, like running away. Is this where we get? Oh yeah, we get Billy here. Randy's still <laughs> all about Sydney. He's like, "Remember when you abandoned me with uh, the killer in the last movie?" <laughs> that's all they. That's all he talks about with her on the yeah. phone and scream too. I like Billy selling this performance here. He makes himself look gaunt mm-hmm. and everything. Also, that looks very much like fake blood. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. He, he's gone from stumbling down the stairs to I'm standing upright and opening the door now. <laughs> okay, so I guess Sue just like ran away and Randy was outside. Mm-hmm. 
and the I get. I'm not trying. I'm not poking holes. It's just like having fun with the movie. But it's like, oh, oh yeah, the adrenaline is not helping Sydney really think about things too straight right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my wife, when we were talking about it the other night, I was like, you know, I don't think you're supposed to see it 10, 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not meant to be built up. But you know, the fact that you want to see it 10, 12 times is 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 is, 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 a, is a you know measure of, its, of how well it works. I will say when when Billy starts like getting into this like I love movies mode, it's pretty lame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, quoting Anthony Perkins. It's pig's yeah. blood, like they used in care. Like, okay, there's a Calm lot down. of that in his character. And it's Calm very annoying. Yeah. It's he's, he's I- got- it's ironic that that J- Jamie, whatever the hell, Randy is the second most annoying movie nerd in this film. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's better at it. That's, yeah, that's the problem. That's the, that's the difference. This guy would be a pretty boy movie nerd. They didn't really have those back then. Not like now. Not like now. <laughs> <Or Musk. laughs> He's good. I'm surprised that Skeet didn't go on to more. I guess it's just we didn't need. Chill factor didn't take off. No, yeah, he fell into a because he has a certain look, right? He fell into a certain zone. He his projects that he had didn't really pan out too much. I mean, he, he, he put, he's had a consistent spot on the uh, Riverdale, right? Like, yeah. It was that yes. it was in, but he was in that, what the, one of those, those uh, sci-fi shows for a while too on CBS. What was it? It wasn't the dome. Was it? Oh, it was Jericho. 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 That, Jericho. Yeah. yeah. Dave Jericho. It was, the, it was the first successful save a show. And, and then it became a thing. Um, and, uh, Skeet Ulrich and Jamie Kennedy show up in as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They play the they play the guys that that destroy Greg Kinnear. <laughs> yeah, like destroy him. They like fuck Greg Kinnear up in that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, yeah, he's really beaten. And yeah, Skeet Ulrich thinks he's like I'm going to seduce this guy. That's how that's our in. And he's like, oh, I was wrong. He just wants to paint me. <laughs> good in that little scene too. It I is. mean. As much as he's good here, so like he just poor dude was probably third or fourth choice for a lot of second yeah. choices that took the job, you know? Like, yeah, well, him and Eric Balfour, like, they have people. the same, like, <laughs> yeah, the Paul Schrader movie with Bridget Fonda, where he's like a it was an adaptation of Elmore Leonard book, I think, yeah, 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 I know, what you're, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Um, I can't give it offhand. It means nothing at all, but there is something about the fact that the you know the dimension poster with the faces. It's like he's where he has his goatee thing going. Right. Yeah. Dewey looks nothing like Dewey. Courtney Cox doesn't look anything like Gay. Like it just it's such a, there's so many choice photos they have that are just like these people. <laughs> I did that. Was, have, the, that I, was the second campaign you said, Brandon. What was the original poster? Just the Drew, Drew Barrymore's Drew face. The yeah. face. The yeah. and then they um and there was also one that looked like a fuzzy TV type thing. Um. I, touch, I, I, touch is the the appalsrator. There you go. Touch, yeah. Touch. I I did a funny thing like that. Um, my senior year, it mentioned of like Ulrich and that. I was in a production of uh, Hello Dolly in my high school, and I was a senior, so they put like your photo or whatever outside, whatever. So I I had a goatee in it, but in the play I did not. So I was I was paying tribute to the Skeet Ulrich on there because I'm that dorky. But I thought it'd be funny. I'm like, yeah, he's got a. Looks like an adult out here, childlike on the play. I see. I see the pattern right here for for Skeet Ulrich. It's yeah, he had touch, which he's the lead in. Didn't really go anywhere. He's he's one of the leads in the Newton Boys. 
arguably like Leonard's worst movie <laughs> didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, he you takes that movie though. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no, these aren't bad choices, but it's like, you know, he, he had the chance here. Chill factor. Another one where it's like, I'm in a co I'm co-starring with Academy Award winner, Cuba Gooding Jr. And then buddy, the Com- buddy comment. Those were the yeah, exactly bread and butter of the box office back then too. Yeah. And then he did art house. He did. He was, cause he's the, like one of the co-leads in the Ang Lee movie ride with the devil. And mm. it's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. None of those things took off for him. So you, get it like i mean like it just didn't go anywhere oh you never know what his management's pushing him towards and of stuff course too, yeah, well. oh that. you need to you know you need to rebound from that like and there's other people that are also auditioning for these things and they're you know the one you know he's wouldn't be surprised johnny depp keeps getting them so yeah. Yeah. i mean even then Jenny, johnny depp's like 10 years his senior right well I mean, yeah, yeah but that was the thing with skeet Ulrich is he looked everybody's exactly like, like, like johnny he looks like johnny depp. johnny depp to an extent yeah. Right. I, I like this when Stu is like, I don't want to give you the knife. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, this does not look like a fun thing to do. Like, I don't want to get stabbed again. Yes. No, it, you know, it doesn't matter, but was he intending to kill Stu? Or did he just stab uh, him too much? I think I he know. just stabbed him too it, much. It's I, a it, it's a one upper one upsmanship thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... why they wait till why they do it while Sydney's alive here? Um, why they don't make damn sure that the guy they shot in the shoulder is actually dead? Yeah. <laughs> they're teenagers. I mean, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they, thought, they thought most they're trying of the to show off. They're yeah. trying to show off. Woozy. That's great. That's He's great. Woozy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can argue it was unlikely that Dewey would have survived, but you know, you clearly see they shot you know uh, uh, Randy in a non-lethal place. Mm-hmm. So they're so, but they that, sta- so they stab each other now weird. for some reason. Then they kill Sydney. I guess so. And then they kill the dad and they, make it. Look that's like what I'm saying. Suicide. Before they pass out, is it they? What they do? They make it look like suicide. Is that the idea? Yeah. They like have they shoot him in the head or whatever, and just make it be like, yeah, he killed. He went crazy, knife to Saul, and then shot himself. <laughs> Whoops. still does that's a good that's a good line <laughs> that feels like an improv line <laughs> you know and again you're right they're teenagers but they're bad at killing people yeah no that the movies established this yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not the greatest at doing this stuff yeah you also just shoot them in the face right now like they should have stabbed people way before they yeah people like to talk this weird like romantic thing right here where she falls into Dewey. That's mm-hmm. that's nice. I love it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a total mm-hmm. power trip for them at this point. That's yeah. like, it's just like does he think she's dead? No, he's oh, gonna wait, shoot yeah, him. He's gonna right? shoot, he's shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, they've like lost lost the plot literally because they like stopped looking at the person that was free to roam around. They didn't tie up in any way. Plus, they're kind of nutty from blood loss too. Yeah, that's not helping. They really should have killed everybody before they stabbed themselves. Yeah. That's... Yes. Oh, and the unrated. There's some extra stabbing too with the, t- yeah. the two there. of them. Yeah, and it like lingers and shows a bit more uh, close. 
close impalement. Like Stu in particular looks like he's gonna like uh, the people that isn't gonna survive this scenario. He's he looks like he's pretty much dying. Yeah. Scream two or scream brought to you by Minute Maid Orange. <laughs> Minute Maid. I like Orange. I like how he picks up the phone and he says hello. Like it's very casual, and then it yeah. like, morphs it morphs into him like becoming more and more sad about everything. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Which I believe that was Lillard making that up. Oh, like, it's such a great I, line. It oh, is. That's good. Don't also, hit me. And the don't hit me with the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Dick! The phone. Yeah. This is so much gold. <laughs> I've already stabbed him so many times. <laughs> She's hiding like, in just, the pillow. It's, just, it's how he picks up and like, it's like, how, like puts his on his head. It's just like so funny to me. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's normal human too. behavior. Yeah. yeah. During a very abnormal situation, we can just buy that he's gotten in his he's himself gotten in a lower his head lower yeah. with uh, with Ulrich this character, you know. I like the Billy ripped up pillows, thinking this is where Cindy could be. <laughs> <laughs> She's not that tiny, dude. Did they pull a reversal of this in Scream Four? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So this opened in December, yeah, twentieth, and didn't open well. It took it opened it, with a whopping six million dollars, uh-huh. and then legged out like I mean, even by December standards, the legs were incredible. It did one hundred and three domestic, which at the time was by far the biggest conventional teen centric whatever horror film of all time. Uh, the next closest at that time was Pet Cemetery, which did fifty seven million in nineteen eighty nine. Wow! So Jeez. this was far and away. <laughs> The biggest, you know, kid-targeted horror movie of all time, and then the sequel. It opened. I mean, it was you know breakout sequel. It opened with thirty-three million dollars a year Um, later. A year later, (laughs) yeah, it's insane. It was a little front-loaded comparatively because it's a sequel, but it still did one hundred and two domestic. Um, and the third one, you know, come what may, it still opened with about thirty-four million and legged out to about eighty-nine. So the he first survived that, all... right? <laughs> they were all very profitable pictures, except for Scream Four because nobody cared. Um, it's surprising. Like, I guess Scream as a franchise, the Phantom is one of those you know don't trust the internet or the the yeah. social media crowd in terms of the excitement. I will be and... very happy if I'm you know I'll be thrilled if I'm proven wrong next weekend, but I don't think I'm gonna be. I mean, yeah. I'll. I don't think people, general audiences see this as the before trilogy of slasher films where every 11 years we get an update. Yeah. I mean, I won't be surprised if it, it'll, I won't be surprised if it opens decently enough, like in terms of front loading, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll help if it's good, honestly. Like, I do think part of the reason that you know what Halloween, or, you know what Hall- Halloween, yeah, you know what Halloween says to. Scream, you're no Sharon Stone. Face it. <laughs> uh, I, do, no, they, I do think, think that part is... of what didn't help for was that the word of mouth wasn't very strong on it. No, it didn't... no. But it didn't even open that well. It only opened with like 17 and change. Yeah. That came out in April, right? That was yeah, it April. came out in April of 2011. Because mm-hmm. that's oh. the um, the fourth Out Now episode, the first one that Abe mm-hmm. and I disagreed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, you know, he liked it and I was right. <laughs> and there's an entire generation of people that were about 
teenagers when the fourth one came out that are now convinced it was a good movie. But that's why I think that this new one could, you know, has You're potential. You're absolutely right. Like, I'll be very interested it, if generational nostalgia for Scream 4. Will they go to the Scream theater? Five for a it. bigger hit. Yeah. yeah. Will they go COVID, to the theater? Like, yeah. COVID notwithstanding. And I think that was the issue with Scream 4 is that, yeah, there was nostalgia. Yeah, there was interest. But is it, I want to pay a babysitter to watch my kids and go to a theater interest? Will they go to it? Yeah. And it that's, that's the excuse it has, right? Like, will people yeah. go to the theater? Maybe. If they don't, hey. It's not it. it we, yeah. we have a pan. We have something we can blame it on. Also, we have yeah. a streaming service we can throw it to right away. Yeah. yeah. Spider Man tells me no. People are going to say, oh, it's the pandemic. And he's like, all due respect, as I've been saying at least since May, it's like, look, we've seen over and over again the movies that were going to do well before COVID are still doing pretty darn well. Well, the, the audiences for this one are smarter and stay at home. No. Yeah, no. they are smarter and stay at home since. You know, they because they all went and saw Spider Man too. Yeah. So no, they're smarter and they're staying home because they realize the only reason the movie exists is because the rights changed hands. Um. But anyway, so this 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 opens December, comes a hit. Within nine months, they make another one, mm-hmm. which has a killer teaser trailer. Also, yes. Oh, the the teaser trailer for Scream Two is one of my favorite trailers. It's basically just the scene with Dewey and Randy chatting yeah, at a great, restaurant. With great cuts. Uh, with some good, good cuts, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, that don't give anything away. That's what I mean. It's just mm-hmm. really clever. Third one hits in February. Yes. Like like early February. Mm-hmm. Was uh, that always the plan or did that get moved? Well, that was a few. There was some trouble getting that one off the ground, though. There's pushback from Nev Campbell. There was Kevin Williamson getting jettisoned. It took a bit. Because that one's like three years later, right? Well, or two years later. I mean, quite frankly, I think that film was very obviously changed, altered, and neutered after the Columbine shootings. Right. Um, you know, and I know you brought this up briefly, but the, the initial concept was to do another teen-centric slasher, mm-hmm. which went out the window after the Columbine killings. And among other things, when you watch Scream 3, it's so light on gore that it could probably play unedited on television. I mean, you you have multiple like you have explosions, you have things that yeah. aren't like knives, essentially. Yeah. So you, it's, you have the it's very genesis bloodless. of anti-vax movement in there. <laughs> There's David. Uh, there we go. <laughs> that, face. It's so good. Now this is something that Scream does that I think inspires like, its fans. Like they go back, they roll call the cast of a slasher movie, like you know Predator. Um, but it makes you go like, hey, weren't these people great? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. this good? Like, look at look at our cast. And I always no like other a roll slasher call. really does that. I do too. I like a roll um, call. You like what? A roll call. I like a roll call. Yeah. And scene. I always do too. But, but it, it then like, elevates that Scream is proud of its cast every yeah. time out. This is the slasher. Do we have people in these? Yeah. Leave Schreiber made the roll. <laughs> yes, he did. Andrew. Bates. Yeah, but a roll call is fun. I like it in Predator a lot because it's everybody looking into the camera being like, did we have a good time? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, well, yeah. except Arnold. Arnold, they just do like a clip from the movie. Everybody else though is like, yeah, like uh, Carl Weathers gets the gun tossed in his hand. It's like <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> and then at the end of Scream Two, where Sydney goes to sleep and she has a dream where she's waltzing up the staircase of the boat with all of her friends and victims waiting for her <laughs> before she mm. kisses Jerry O'Connell and the happy ending that she never got. <laughs> cue a new Celine song and we're good <laughs> even the credits have the same font I didn't I forgot that mm-hmm. they, they killed with this font 
the Scream movies did have pretty cool uh, soundtracks as well. I really like they the Scream, Scream 2 one a lot. Um, I, Scream I, 1's pretty good. I don't know why, but I listened to the Scream 3 soundtrack because that was all new metal. and That was the thing at that point. Creed, was, what if? It, had, it, it, had, <laughs> what it, it was bookended with Creed. It had two Creed songs on it. And a poster in the movie mm-hmm. in Sydney's old bedroom. It had a lot. It, I believe David Arquette has a band, and that's on the uh, Scream mm. Three soundtrack as well. Like that was that was one that was a real like we're promoting this stuff type soundtrack. Like even I think the in the insert like had featured on this album, like really really promoting right. the fact that there's all these things you can get out there. Well, and now Scream doesn't just inspire like a wave of slashers. It didn't twist horror movies throughout. Mm-hmm. Like you know you get the faculty. Uh, Kevin Williamson's name gets thrown on everything. The dimension uh, style poster I, for everything. Yeah, you get like. I mean, you don't. I mean, you get ones that are like you get a certain self awareness. Yeah, get a bunch of bad Katie Holmes horror movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another Kevin Williamson one. You have teaching Mrs. No right, right. Mrs. teaching Mrs. No, Tingle, which he, her. She, which he yeah. wrote first. That's like one of his UCLA yeah right, like filmmaking projects. And he, even I know what you did last summer was based on a them. Lois Duncan novel. Yeah, it yeah. was intended for children. Which, mm-hmm. I, which I believe Williamson also, that's something he also like worked on before Scream. Yeah, he sort of pulled it out of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. After yeah, it's Scream like, we need off. another thing. Here's like, this one. Yeah, it was oh. the, the instant one that he could run off of. Um, the Urban got, Legend movies. Ur- Urban obviously. Legend, yeah. Valentine, Valentine, Cherry Falls. Um, and, I, and I knew that the weekend that I know what you did last summer opened higher the devil's advocate that the world that I knew it is no more and that I was no longer the relevant moviegoer. <laughs> I was 17 at that time, by the way. Uh, You're the yeah. same age as Ryan right. Phillippe. So what was the problem? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it, it was, a, it was a fun ride during that. Oh, it, was, it pretty much starts at scream and what ends at Freddie versus Jason. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because then we get to well, then we get, we get Texas Shaw. Chainsaw opens. We, we, Texas Chainsaw changed that that game. Yep. we get into the remake slash J horror remake yeah, um, yeah. zone. And, you know, I don't like calling them torture porn, but you know, Grindhouse revival. We get into the yeah, that. Grindhouse yeah. revival, then to found footage. Yeah, then to like haunted then to, houses. Yeah, haunted houses. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, people were they they were getting really tired of the witty characters. That was a that was a yeah. complaint of the Scream era was. Um, the the character work, but um, and then you know, uh, I and then you know, of course, James Wan shows up with Insidious in 2011. And is like, what if Paranormal Activity was just a normal movie and yeah. was awesome? Yes. And then, like, art, you know, honestly, like art house horror kicks into gear. Also, like, it's not yeah. making a ton mm-hmm. of money, but it's leaving a cult. It's leaving an imprint. I think, yeah. like, like, like horror in the the previous decade, the, two, was the 2000s, the 2010s have been pretty great. Was, for yeah. Horror. yeah, it was great. Um, from any angle, slashers came back ghosts, like just except for that one slot in like 2014, where it's like nothing was breaking out. It was like, Oh God, is horror doomed. Spoiler, it was not. Well, there's there's good stuff, but it's just like yeah. not people people aren't seeing it yeah. until like later on. Oh They're like, oh my god, I saw the Bobby. You're like, yeah, I know, I've been talking about it for months. Um with this new one coming out as we approach the end of the credits here, uh do, what Paramount's done so far is advertised the idea of screen being scary. I don't think that's I understand why you would do that, but I don't think that's necessarily the staple of a screen movie. They can it's be scary, su- but suspenseful whodunits. Yeah, but you're certainly like, you know, you don't tend to walk out of screen being like, man, that was such a scary movie. You're thinking that was fun. Do you assuming that the you know the filmmakers, the what the radio 
Yeah, radio silence. Radio silence guys have that kind of thing in mind. Is there something you're expecting them to kind of angle towards as far as their what they're satirizing or what they're referencing? Honestly, I have no idea what they're up to. And I say that yeah. neither as a criticism or compliment. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, to be fair, the trailer is pretty generic. And we've only had that one trailer. And, and, it, else and it, has, it has fake oh. footage in that trailer, too. Allegedly, so. yes. No, um, I, I, I know oh, someone okay, who knows. The, yeah, there's fake stuff intentionally um, in there. Which good on them. I mean, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. like that. Um, then you're going to get your, uh, well, 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 the trailer, but it wasn't here. Like, you know, those are cut before the film's. Sorry. Uh, that's another conversation. Um, so no, I, I have no idea what to expect. And as cynical as I am about the idea of another Scream movie, commercially and artistically, I very much enjoyed Ready or Not. Yeah. Um, and the films have always been high production value, well-acted genre staples. So as long as they can figure out a, an artistic reason for it to exist, one that doesn't just remember the first Scream, that was neat. For you know, a hundred minutes, then we'll see. Right. I I like I I was on the out now where we talked about the trailer, but my first thing was like weary of no Kevin, no Wes, and then it instantly having me throw up in my mouth with a couple lines of dialogue in that trailer. Like I'm hesitant. I'm I'm down for another romp with Scream, yeah. but I that uh, I'm depressed guy. Guy. I always have a gun. Like, oh, yep, here we go. Yancy? Far the same guy who had 14 was not going to go see it. And it was a Wes Craven movie. Come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> right. No, that's a fair, fair point. But really like ready or not, guys, or like are not Wes Craven. Shocker! <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong. They're not Wes Craven. They're I'm, not Wes Craven. The, the, if anything, the relief that I really have is that, well, at least Aaron Kruger's not writing this movie. No, that's true. <laughs> this is true. That's, that's we, the we, one thing that like really got me excited about this. We, like, are, we are in a very fan-wanky era, too. So I want a bold movie like the first two were. That's why they stand mm-hmm. out for me. And I, I... I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I agree as far as I don't know what to expect in that I, I'm trying, I'm, you know, I'm an optimist. So, like, I'm leaning on the idea of, hey, you got these guys that have proven themselves and they're obviously horror fans. Right. So that I, I don't know what to do just based off, well, the, the marketing clearly wants to show me a certain thing. So it's like, I really don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know what to expect. I mean, I, I get why you would market that. I guess it, I can understand it being harder to sell you on look how witty these characters are without like much context to go on or anything. The killer is on the poster, but was the killer in the trailer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think, I mean, I think the biggest hope that any of us have, not that we want characters to die, but is if it does have some kind of edge, right? If it does have something it wants to do, whether it wants to say something by making certain moves or just doing something because it's an exciting way to turn, you know, take a turn on things. And that, I do think potential <laughs> one, you know, again, I, I, I don't mean to repeat, you know, apologies for repeating, but I think one of the problems this franchise has is that you do have a very big fan base that will take it as a personal betrayal. If any of the trio get killed. That's the bad part. And that it's, makes yeah. me wonder who is this? Like I brand you've asked, who is this fan base to begin with? That's like thinking, yeah, I mean, man, I hope they make more screen moves with my, my three favorites, but damn it. If they kill them, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. like, how are you a fan of scream movies? If you can't like go to an extra step of doing something, they probably also want Stu to come back. 
How do? Oh. Why did they kill the killer? Oh, <laughs> the guy who well, murdered all the people. Why didn't they bring the janitor from Scream One back? Where's he? No, oh. <laughs> you went dark. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it, it's it's. Am I you know? Am I going into it as an optimist? No, but I'll be happily surprised because <laughs> you know what. I was surprised by so many movies in summer 2019. I wrote a whole post about it. I like Child's Play more than I expected. I like Angel Has Fallen more than I expected. I like Dora the Explorer more than I expected, et cetera, et cetera. All three major top 10 that year, right? <laughs> or Scott Mendelson, not excited about new sequel, News at 11. Yeah, that too. I mean, it's, 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 um, you know, it, that, I guess that's just, you know, I'm a grouchy old man. It's like, oh, you know, there were, there were rumors running around about another Shanghai movie. It's like, I, I guess, but I mean, that was 20 years ago. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with the two that we got. I like the idea of you, the number one Shanghai Knights fan, walking into a screening of Shanghai Dawn with your arms crossed, being like, what the fuck are these guys going to do now? It's going <laughs> to top one of my absolute masterpiece movies yeah. in the 2000s. <laughs> but, you know, if they were to make it, I would see it and hope for the best. But, you know, it, it, I think I've always been like that and that I don't always demand. If it, it missed the window, you don't want it. Like. Well, that too. And I think, you know, it's there are very few movies, even the last 10, 15 years where I like, oh, I really want a sequel to that. Spy was a rare example. All Feek Spy. Phantom well, Menace. Would... You're like, come on, George, do something else. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, ah, uh, that was okay. But let's see. I want to see another TH-1138. Come on, man. I'm still rating on Red Tail's Revenge. Even more American graffiti. <laughs> Radio World me- uh, murders. <laughs> um, but no, again, whatever. It, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I, if it's good, great. I'm, you know, I'm hoping it'll be, you know, if it's good, I'm hoping the reasons that it is good will be fun to talk about, if that makes any sense. It does, for sure. And with that, uh, as we know right now, uh, Scream, awkwardly titled Just Scream, uh, will be screening for press. Strike one! Will be screening for press a few days early, as opposed to like waiting mm-hmm. till the last minute or not screening at all. So that's somewhat encouraging to me. That also makes me think that people have actually seen it already, because there probably have been junket screenings or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so... You know, we not everybody on this podcast, but we will return uh, to talk about Scream soon enough um, and have plenty of thoughts on that, I'm sure. But for now, that's going to do it for this commentary track. The movie's ended a little bit ago at this point. Uh, so, where can people find everyone online? Yancey, what do you want to plug? Oh, you know, Milky Way Blues, Yancey Jack on Twitter. Um, try to uh, comment on M4 once in a while. Get myself out there. Cool. Scott? Uh, Forbes.com. That please Google some variation of Scott Mendelson Forbes, the ticket booth. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Scott Mendelson. And that's, I mean, yeah, I have a Facebook, but it's mostly for cat pictures and baby photos. So, <laughs> what babies? Whatever. But they're really good cat photos and children photos. So this is true. People will want to see them. Yes. Brandon Peters. Uh, the Brandon Peter Show, BrandonPeterShow dot com. Uh, Twitter, Instagram at Brandon Four K U H D. If you're listening, uh, this is your episode this week of the Brandon Peter Show. Cheater. <laughs> 
You can find all the other episodes of Out Now there name on iTunes, not even Spotify and Stitcher. You can find me over at We Live Entertainment and Wise the Blue, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, you can follow this podcast everywhere. You can you can find us anywhere because it's a podcast, and that's how we do it here. Um, thank you, Brandon Scott and Yancey, for joining me for the Scream commentary track. You're very welcome. I had a lovely time. Yeah, always. always. Great. Glad to have you guys here. I will. What's what's next? It's February next month. We got. Yeah, I mean, kiss me deadly. As always, it's going to be on the docket. <laughs> it's it's going to happen at some point. Um, really kiss me, Robert Aldridge, maybe. I yes. It's a <laughs> joke. <laughs> running joke, it's, I guess. it's running joke, except we're going to record a commentary. Deadly. Not until we do my fellow Americans. But it's February yet next month, so it just seems like it's the right time to do it. That said, Das Boot celebrating its 30th anniversary or 40th anniversary, <laughs> guys. So, you know, if we have all four hours, I think we can really knock Good that one out. God. Confidence. Das Boots uh, are made for walking. Das Boots, yep. Uh, Swamp is... Thing also turns 40 as well, I believe. Oh, Craven. <laughs> we can do Let's more Craven. Craven, yep. Do Craven for like five months, like the Hannibal. We're stuff. Craven the Craven. Even <laughs> more Craven. And we'll, we'll climax it with my shoulder tank. Here we go. Oh, boy. And I can contrast the finished version with the early test screening I saw when it was called 27, like 24 8. Mm. <clears throat> Rain uh, of Fire turns 10. Um, that's, the, or sorry, 20. 20. Uh, <laughs> that's a movie that exists. <laughs> Uh, wait, that came out in like June, didn't it? July, I believe. July. Why well, I have it here? That's weird. Maybe it's also uh, called Rain, and I thunk, think it was Rain of Fire. I put it on the list anyway of potential things. There's the uh, Netflix Chainsaw Massacre next month. Netflix Chainsaw oh, Massacre God. happens next month. Uh, John Q, aka one of Denzel's worst movies, is turning uh, 20. So, yeah, we got to, and whatever or whatever we could think of that's related to Death on the Nile or Uncharted. I hear Uncharted's based off a few things. Um, so, <laughs> so, so is there ideas. a video game movie that we haven't talked about that'd be worth uh, I mean, you guys have done a lot of the fun ones already yeah. Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter have, you, have we done Mario Brothers? we haven't <laughs> is it, that's a possibility, I'm just throwing that out there it's a possibility And uh, speaking of, uh, we've never done Indiana Jones by the way <laughs> we've never done an Indiana Jones movie? no yeah. Why? Who likes those? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We did a so, we did a we did a special episode like our second year of the show, covering like all four of them because it was what like the thirtieth or the fortieth anniversary of Raiders. Like they had they put that yeah. like new remastered version out in theaters, mm-hmm. um, and we've like never talked about Indiana Jones since for some reason. Like it just doesn't. It's like it's in the pantheon. Who cares? We don't need to talk about that movie. <laughs> but it's, you never know. We'll see what happens. Alan Cartermain rules. well yeah Uh, plenty of options but yeah that is going to do for this commentary track thank you all once again thank the listeners for listening and um yeah we'll be back next month with another commentary we'll be back with our scream review soon enough but until next time so long and goodbye on a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand Shrinking soul, but there won't be a single thing that you can.